welcome everybody. The first pick in the ACB 2021 draft. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> For the second year in a row. For the second year in a row, I'm, uh, you, my my scheduling is uh, is just impeccable here. So, yeah. <laughs> so welcome everybody. Um, so uh, we're going to go um, go ahead and call the meeting to order, and I'd like to introduce uh, Denise Colley, our ACB secretary, to do the roll call and introduction of staff and guests. So Denise. Okay, President Dan Spoon. Uh, here. First Vice President Mike, Mark Reichert. Hello, here. Second VP Ray Campbell. Here. I'm here. Treasurer David Trot. Here. Uh, oh, you said Kim wasn't going to be here. Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, board members Jeff Bishop. Mm hmm. Donna Brown. I'm here. Sarah Conrad. Um, my name is now Sarah Alkman, and I'm here. How do you spell that, Sarah? A L K M I N. Thank you. Boy, you boy, getting married is the way you could be the first board member called. Yeah. 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 All right. Congratulations, uh, Sarah. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Dan Dillon. Here. Katie Frederick. Here. James Crott. Doug Powell? Here. Patrick Sheehan? Here. Michael Talley? Here. Jeff Tom? Here. BOP Rep Penny Reader? Hi, I'm here. Staff Eric Bridges? Here. Clark Rockfall? Tony Stevens? Here. Nancy Becker? Here. Clark Rockfall's here as well. Thanks, Clark. Cindy here. Hollis? Here. Kelly Gast? He here, sorry. <laughs> Sharon Lovering? Here. Uh, and our brand new staff person, uh, Jennifer Flatt? Here. And did I miss any staff? Yes, Julie Daily Page. Yeah, well, I got. Oh, that's right. You're staff now, aren't you? <laughs> and Swathen and the Kamar. I'm here, too. Oh, thank you. Okay. Colby Garrison is here as well. Wait a minute, you guys. See <laughs> 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 what happens know all these people are. What happens when we hire more people? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Pretty soon we're going to have more staff than board members. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Um... Uh, contractors, uh, Debbie Hazelton, yeah, Rick Morin, here, here, Anthony Corona. He's 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 uh, he's done his uh, he's done with his internship at this point oh, in is. time, Denise. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. yes, thank you. Is, uh, did I get all staff? I'm not sure Denise, if anyone heard you... me, but Erica Keller's here. Erica, Erica. Ah. welcome. Denise, you got me. This is Jeff Bishop, right? Yeah, I got you, Jeff. Okay. Okay. I um, <clears throat> think we have three guests that are going to be with us this evening. Who were who the, the staff that I didn't know about? I'm sorry. Um, Colby. Okay, Kumar. 
Well, we'll let we'll let Eric answer as our executive director. That way, we'll yeah. <laughs> Swatha, and how do you spell your how do you spell your last name, Swatha? N as in Nancy, A as in uh -huh. Apple, N uh -huh. as in Nancy, D as uh -huh. in David, uh -huh. H as in Harry, K uh -huh. A as in Apple, uh -huh. K as in Kite, U uh -huh. as in Umbrella, M uh -huh. as in Mary, A as in Robert, or A as in Apple, R as in Robert. Sorry. Wow, I'm ready to learn how to write that. Wow. <laughs> you, you can tell she's from the Chicago area. She's too close to the Minneapolis office to keep saying N is a Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix that when she moves to Alexandria. <laughs> she's not moving to see you, though, Clark. I'm sorry about that. She's liking us better. <laughs> and who else are there? Uh, well, JoLynn. JoLynn David. I got JoLynn. Uh -huh. uh, Colby Garrison. Oh, 
shoot. Uh, it's, uh, I've lost my th train of thought here. Um, it is, uh, oh, excuse me, Patrick. It is the Voting Task Force uh, Communications and all the work that's been going out there with Patrick Sheehan. So he's gonna give us an update on that. Uh, C is a request uh, for participation by the board for the upcoming uh, convention auction. The board always does a great job, but just a formal request for that. Uh, D is uh, putting an ad hoc uh, committee together to evaluate our executive committee that was brought up at the last board meeting. So our two co-chairs for that are gonna be Mark Reichert, our first vice president, and Kim Charlson, Charlson, our immediate past president, and we'll be filling out the team. There's not a huge rush to this, although we want to get started in that we will not, you know, listen. Wow. Is that me or you guys? I don't know. It's you, Dan. It's me? Oh, wow. What do I do with oh, that? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Maybe. Oh, Ooh, are okay. we okay? Yeah, I muted the person. Okay, gosh, thank you. Okay, uh, so exec uh, I was on D, which is the executive uh, forming of the ad hoc uh, committee to evaluate our executive committee and what are our roles and responsibilities, uh, given that we're now in the 21st century and what, you know, where, what do we want the role of the executive committee to be going forward? These would probably most likely end up being the recommendations here would be, you know, socialized and then presented to uh, constitution Rick and bylaws the -host now. It, for the, um, uh, for the uh, Omaha meeting. So we've got a little time here, but we want to get started on this. And again, the co-chairs are going to be Mark 15, 15, and Kim. After, after 223 has joined the meeting. Five uh, is, uh, boy, I'm getting a lot of back. I apologize. Uh, five is an update from HBO Max and our structured negotiation and settlement that took place there in the launch of their service. And Brian Charlson, who is part of that structured negotiation, is going to give us an update. And then uh, F is really just uh, giving, letting everybody know about all the volunteer hours that ACB had this year. And actually, those volunteer hours exceeded over a million dollars in in-kind donations. So just amazing. Uh, we'll share some stats with you in, in that particular area. And then seven is our uh, staff reports. Uh, a, we'll hear from our executive director, uh, Eric Bridges. He's going to talk to us uh, about the Verizon Communications grant that we received. Some really good news there. Uh, to talk about our in information technology uh, in infrastructure upgrade project that's going on and where we're standing on that. Uh, three is talking about our job postings and our new employees. And uh, that's going to be an exciting time and some introductions there. And you all uh, already got to hear a lot of people's names, uh, new voices and names tonight, which is wonderful. Uh, four is uh, accessible currency and talking about the potential rollout of the Harriet Tubman $20 bill and the collaboration efforts that are going on there. Five is the launch of the Get Up and Get Moving campaign and the work that's being done there. Uh, 
six is HR1 uh, related to accessible voting and the statement that ACB put out there and some conversation around that. Seven uh, is the launch of ACB Club as part of the new audio clubhouse program uh, and some conversation there. And then eight are other updates in case uh, there's something we missed. And then B is, is our financial reports from our CFO, uh, Nancy Marks Becker. She's going to give us an update on our audit, uh, our 2020 audit, which was just completed and presented to the uh, budget uh, committee uh, yesterday. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, two, she's going to talk to us about our investments, our endowment funds, and our board reserve and how they're doing this year. Uh, three through the first quarter of 2021. Three is update on our PPP loans for 2020 and our new loans uh, that have been requested for 2021. Four is our ACBES thrift stores and uh, Michael Garrett's our uh, ACBES board chair will give us an update on those. Uh, five is uh, the scholarship uh, ACB scholarship program and our collaboration with AFB and how that has rolled out this year. And six is our certification process uh, and uh, the AMS uh, certification process and how our membership uh, is going for this year. And then seven is other updates on the financial side. Uh, then eight is a report from our board of publications with uh, Penny Reader, our BOP, uh, BOP director. Uh, nine is convention report from Janet Dickelman, our convention committee chair. Uh, 10 are other committee reports as needed and 11 is adjourned. I did want to add one item to the president's list if that would be okay with you all. And that is I'd like to have some conversation given how the pandemic and the vaccine have moved forward to talk about both the uh, fall board meeting, uh, potentially could be in Omaha in October of 2021, and then uh, some conversation around next year's DC Leadership Conference in Washington, DC, uh, and an opportunity for a contract with the Holiday Inn there in Alexandria, Old Town. So those two I'd like to add on is as kind of a a G and an H under the president's report, if y'all are okay with that. So that's the agenda. I'd like a motion to approve the agenda as proposed. So moved, this David. David's moved. Do I have a second? Ray Campbell seconds. Well, thank you, Ray. Ray second. All right, all the discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Thank you, opposed? All right, hearing none. So our agenda is approved. We'll now turn it over to item number four, which is the review and approval of the February 20th DC leadership uh, board meeting minutes. And I'd like to introduce Katie Frederick who uh, substituted for Denise and uh, present those meeting minutes. I believe those were sent out as part of the material for the meeting. Um, so aside from um, typos or, or misspellings or anything, does anyone have additions or corrections to the minutes? The 
This is Doug. Um, it says at the bottom that uh, reports uh, follow, and uh, I didn't see anything about. Uh, I didn't see any way to get to the reports, so I don't know. Do, do we usually have? A... I was intending to put in the um, the reports that were part of the consent agenda. Right. Um, so I yeah I I didn't um, end up doing that. I sent it to Nancy and then forgot to do that. So. And Nancy um, and has those. I think she could add them mm -hmm. for us. Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to bring yeah. it to somebody's attention. That's that's good. Sure. Good. Yeah. Good catch, Doug. Thank yeah. you, Doug. Katie? I thought about that the other day. They'd already been yeah. sent out. So, Katie, this is Pat Sheehan. Mm -hmm. I had a I had a type one paper. How would you like to handle that? A typo. Okay. Yeah. W B. You had W U B. Okay. Yeah, sure, and I think we're we're going to do. We'll, uh, yeah, I think yeah, I know we, we can go ahead and up. approve them. We'll 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 go through a little work to clean them sure. up. If we have not, any no yeah. Everything else looked good though. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. All right. I move acceptance of the minutes. All right, Doug. Back. Doug moves and David seconds. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right, thank you, Katie. Well, thank you, Secretary Katie. Nice job. Yeah, thank, <laughs> Thanks, thank you, Katie, and uh, and and Denise. Thank you for, uh, you know, we we didn't give you a big hip hip array for being back with us today. How are? You, let's take a moment and just say, yay! How are you feeling? She's. I probably surprised her. She's probably on mute. <laughs> <laughs> taking meeting minutes <laughs> right she's busy she's yeah. busy you left her speechless yes so well yeah all right well if she comes in a little later we'll 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 say hi to her so apologize okay, there, there. Denise. can you hear me now now we Yay. can hear you hey, Denise. Hey, welcome, hip, hip, hooray. welcome back <laughs> i'm feeling really well i've done pretty well i have two chemos left one next wednesday and one on the 26th of May, and then I will be done. I'll have a bit of a break before they start the radiation, which will be for five weeks. And I am really praying for a clean bill of health after that, because um, I'm gonna be making some changes in my possible living situation. So I hope all goes well. Oh, Very good. Great, okay. great. Right. So great. Great. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Super. All right. Well, let's go on to item five on the agenda, which is our mission moment and uh, with Dan and Eric. Uh, and I just I'll start off and then throw it over to Eric. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our uh, advocacy steering committee and Clark uh, Rackful as our advocacy uh, and governmental affairs director. Just a fantastic job on collaboration. Uh, so many hours of wonderful content, great, great panels, wonderful, I, I just thought participation across the board and just a shout out to, to Clark and, and Jeff as our chairs, Mark as our board liaison, and then to uh, Sheila and, Debbie and Jeff and Becky and Doug and Jim and Pat and uh, everybody that really stepped up and did such an amazing job. I, uh, the amount of quality content that we were able to produce in a virtual environment was just, I think, exceptional. So I'll turn it over to Eric. Yes, so I know Clark will be quick to correct me here, but I do believe it was 18 hours of content um, for for the legislative seminar and uh, a lot of 
really high quality breakout sessions that uh, the committee chairs that that uh, composed the advocacy steering committee uh, either led or presented on, which uh, was most outstanding. Uh, we welcomed Swatha uh, March 1st. So just after, you know, Clark's Super Bowl for the year, uh, the legislative <laughs> summer. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the amount of work that the steering committee put in, in collaboration, uh, in conjunction with what, what Clark was doing and, and how folks really worked together. Um, uh, it was it was much appreciated by me, uh, having had the privilege of, uh, you know, putting on, I believe it was eight legislative seminars um, and in, in the past, in my old role, in Clark's role, um, and now seeing uh, this structure, this steering committee structure that we've created and how it can really um, work in tandem with, you know, the, the staff and, and be complementary to have the staff be complimentary to the steering committee and vice versa um, was was just really nice to, to see. And I also want to thank Clark. Uh, Clark, this whole thing started with, with uh, Clark probably back in uh, late November, where we started to sit down to kind of take a look, you know, a long-term look uh, at, you know, what, what some of the topics should be. And, uh, you know, you you got out there and you went after it. Uh, lots of great lots of great guests uh, from the from the federal government as well as industry, and uh, so it was great. And I, if I could just in, in closing here, I also do want to recognize the work of Tony Stevens, Kelly Gask, and Rick Morin, um, who helped uh, facilitate the logistics of uh, all the video and Zoom and. Uh, and and all of that, along with Debbie Hazelton, that worked with Tony on the on the uh, the, the shows that sort of took us in between sessions. Um, it was a it was a really well run event. Thanks, guys. really, really good. Uh, uh, Clark and Jeff, as uh, co chairs of the steering committee, anything you would like to add? Yeah, just just briefly, I just want to. Uh, echo the fact that I, I just think we, the, the only problem that, that Clark has is he did such a fantastic job. I don't know how we're going to do anything that's going to top that next year, but but Clark really deserves all the credit in the world. So, yeah. Well, Jeff, next year we're going to go to three days and 30 hours of legislative <laughs> programming. Okay, I've got that much time off. <laughs> <laughs> Denise, did you get that in the meeting minutes? I'm, I'm taking notes here. Okay, thank you, Katie. Yes, that's right. Three days, 30 minutes of programming. 30 no, minutes. minutes? <laughs> Just a, 10 a minutes big, a day. Yeah. A big thank you to the uh, the chairs and the members of all the committees within the advocacy steering committee to really work together, um, all pulling and rowing in the same direction to help make the legislative seminar uh, a big success so we we hope to learn from learn from it from this past year as well as uh, grow assuming next year we will be in an a hybrid environment um, so it'll still be something new and different but uh, 
definitely a success that we can build upon. So again, thank you to, to Jeff and all of the committee chairs who participated as panelists and as, as well as moderators to make this past year a success. This right. is Katie. I do yes, have a Katie. quick question. Yes. Um, I believe there was a survey out about the conference. Have we gotten results back from that or are those still being tabulated? We, we have gotten those results, and I think, uh, thank you for bringing that up. We'll ask uh, Tony to maybe here get those uh, published to the board. Eric and Tony, would that be um, be good maybe by, by next week if we could get those out to the board? Yeah, Actually, we, can, we, can, we can probably get yeah. that out tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Tomorrow? Okay, yeah. It was kind of interesting, um, it, not that we want to go too far afield there, but one thing was just the the gender mix for the convention i thought was very interesting what was it tony that or lack set, thereof <laughs> yeah it was not an even an even I think split. It was well but over 70 percent female i think 77 um, percent yeah. female yeah. and 25 percent male so that tells you you know it, how many I have a question. How many states, because I know when we've done the in-person conferences, we don't get all of our states. Did mm -hmm. we get all of our people from all of our state affiliates this year? Mm -hmm. um, and if not, do we know what states were missing and, you know, maybe how we can try to get them to at least have some people come either virtually or in person, assuming we're doing a hybrid next year. So I not every person took the survey, but we should be able to pull that data, I believe, from registration at least. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. That's what I was thinking too. I think going to Nancy and registration might be uh, be the best way, Nancy and Kelly, and, and get and take a look at it that way, and we could see what states were represented. Ray, yeah, good. Uh, all right. Well, I just I hope everybody's unmuted because we got to give everybody a big. Hip hip, 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 hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. All right. Thank you, Clark, Jeff, and the whole team. Wonderful, wonderful work. Again, just the, it was so cool to have, you know, a, a, a panel talking about service animals with representatives from four airlines there and, you know, uh, accessible voting with people from Oregon and in Washington and Florida and you know, just, uh, I don't know, just over and over again, the quality of the panels and the participation, it was really just a fantastic job. All right, uh, so as, as Jeff said, we've set the bar high, so uh, we'll see how we, we progress next year. All right, six is the president's report. Number uh, A under there is an update on the World Blind Union. Uh, Kim could not, as we said, unfortunately be here this evening, but I wanted to announce that uh, Kim is uh, officially the new president of the North American Caribbean region of the World Blind Union. So Yay. congratulations to Kim. Wonderful. Yeah, so that's, that's great, great news. Um, and uh, Mitch Pomerantz did announce he was, uh, this was kind of his final meeting and he was stepping down uh, as uh, he was the um, uh, first vice president here for the uh, under Charles administration, and they gave him a big send off. And he is now going to step down as our our second ACB uh, delegate. And that's going to and I'm going to move into that position with Kim when we get to the World Blind Union meetings uh, in June, which will be virtual. So there's really an opportunity for for many more folks to participate in this. 
And unfortunately, I don't have Kim here today to give you those details, but we'll get those out to you all. It's going to be, uh, you know, towards the second half of June uh, is when those, and they kind of are sessions that kind of are extended over a, a fairly long period of time. Uh, but we'll get you that information. Uh, the other thing that happened with the World Blind Union and the North American Caribbean region, and more specifically, the United States delegation, is uh, blinded uh, vets, BVA, mo uh, pulled out of being a, uh, a member of the United States delegation. And the bylaws require that the of the blinds and the for the blinds have at least equal representation. And the of the blinds were, were NFB and ACB, which each had two delegates and BVA that had one. Uh, and so we've uh, worked out uh, in, uh, with Mark Riccobono and Kim that we are each going to have two and a half delegates for this quadrennial meeting. And that was approved, uh, you know, at the, uh, at the regional meeting that was held here on, the, I think it was the 20th, so just a, a week or so ago. Uh, so, uh, so that's kind of where we stand with World Blind Union. And again, we'll get you all more information here as it gets closer uh, if people want to register and participate. Uh, any other questions on that? Do you get a half a delegate? Yeah, half a delegate's kind of tough. I, I think we're we're officially going to only have two delegates, but this this allowed us. Of course, one thing they want is their money, so we have to pay for another half a delegate, both uh, you know, NFB uh, and ACB. Yeah, so part of it is a financial thing, but at least that way it keeps us. Uh, wouldn't it know. be nice if somebody could be a member of both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see where it goes, but uh, but anyway. So just wanted to give you that update. Uh, and then uh, B is I wanted Pat to give kind of an update on the uh, and Jeff as as well on the voting task force and all the communication effort that's been going on to kind of get the word about out about how we're going to uh, do voting uh, at the convention this year. So Pat, would you Pat and Jeff, would you I'd like to, to update us a little? Yeah. Very much. Thank you very much. Uh, the big news, of course, Nancy just gave it to me is she signed the contract with vote now today, we actually have a system in hand in contract so that we will be able to do voting uh, come the uh, conference in July, which is great. I'd also like to thank uh, the members of the committee, uh, 13 uh, ACB members and five staff that did such a great job. And, and without the hard work of all those people working together in a very short time frame, we wouldn't have been able to get this system uh, on board, signed, and ready to go. We have been um, uh, really working since late February after the board meeting. We have had uh, 15, um, 15 shows, 15 calls, community calls that we've done so far, and we have about eight more coming up. Uh, we have been, uh, we've done two president's calls. Dan and I uh, did those along with the presidents that helped us out. Uh, and we've done uh, visibilities, we've done Tuesday topics, we've done the advocacy podcast, uh, Sunday edition. We've done a lot of uh, uh, call. We did one call just recently with Florida, uh, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut. And so we've been hitting the affiliates. Uh, we've got some other affiliates that uh, 
that we are looking forward to, to working with about six more that we have planned for uh, the middle and end of May. Uh, so we are looking forward to working with those. Uh, and we've even talked with individuals that have had questions. So no group is too small. We're very happy to talk to anybody. We plan to be on some more community calls um, uh, as, uh, as it gets closer to the time, time frame. Uh, I want to give a Johnny Sims, who has been doing who has been doing a great job in organizing all of these calls. She's done a lot of good communications. Um, we put together uh, Connie actually put together a draft of some of our comments, which we can get to the board and we'll get to the presidents, so we can uh, have written comments in case individuals have questions. Uh, and we've done. Um, We've done uh, a couple of articles, one for the Braille Forum, one for Florida, uh, and uh, Connie's done a lot from that. So we're, uh, we're rolling it out. We're 15 down, about eight scheduled to go. Uh, and anybody who wants to uh, have us talk to them, whether it's a chapter or affiliate or whatever, uh, get in touch with Connie and she'll set it up and she will um, make sure the right people are tapped and we'll, we'll be ready to go. So Jeff, uh, thoughts from you? Uh, no, not really. I, I just, well, I, I'm gonna say, you know, well, there, yes, there's one thought that we haven't really said, and I hate to suck up to staff and president and all this, but <laughs> Dan has done an incredible job on these phone calls, um, these Zoom calls at explaining the process and it is really good to know that we have a president who's so on top of this process that it, I think you can really feel secure that, you know, although something is going to happen, you can almost bet on that, like a wedding or whatever. Mm. But Dan is so much on top of it that I really think we're in good hands. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how all this works. Yes, and I think as as board members, we we just must continue to let everybody know to we are trying our best. Please be patient. Uh, you know we're we're all doing this for the first time, but we're doing it in truly the right spirit of having true democracy and giving everybody a chance to have their voice heard. So, uh, any yeah. any comments for Pat or Jeff? Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, um, it's been, you know, I've been able to be in a couple of the communications that have happened and um, uh, also have one. Um, <clears throat> actually, I got one coming up I need to tell you guys about. But anyway, um, but, uh, you know, like Jeff and I are going to be talking to Bay State and uh, uh, that's in June. And so definitely um, it's been good. I really think the affiliate communications have been good because that gets you a little bit smaller group. I mean, more people get a chance to ask questions and, and, have joined the meeting. and understand, you know, so they better understand what's happening. And I think that's been uh, um, really good uh, to, uh, uh, to do that. I, I, Connie and I did the Illinois call and there were lots of good questions that were asked. And, so that was um, that was good. So uh, uh, I think we're doing. It will be. It's being communicated, and um, you know I think we're doing a great job there. 
space. And I think when we get to the Board of Publications update, uh, Penny can give us a little update on kind of how the the whole candidates forum and, and, and the candidates pages and how, and how that will roll out here. Uh, I think there's a big article in the May issue on that. So we'll hear a little bit from Penny on that later. All right. Thank you all. Thank you, Pat and Jeff. Go ahead to have another question. I was just going to say, as long as everyone's listening, if we can get email addresses to us, it'll make life a lot easier in getting you out those uh, voting registration codes, right? Yes, please go to members.acb.org and uh, check out your information. Uh, that'll just uh, get us a big step forward. The more we can have people's more we have people's email addresses, uh, the better that it's going to make the process. So, Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Uh, all right. C, uh, just uh, this is a request from uh, Leslie, our auction chair. Jeff's a member of the auction committee. Jeff, uh, Tom, uh, really getting to that time where they're, uh, you know, uh, thanking everybody and looking for donations uh, for the convention auction, which will be uh, Tuesday, July 20th, I believe starting at seven o'clock. Uh, it's going to be uh, virtual, of course, again this year, as is our convention. Uh, so auctions seem to have a new life of their own. They're so exciting and all our affiliates are doing them and doing such a great job with them. So just uh, thanks, thanks to the board for all your donations and uh, please uh, consider donating for this summer's auction. So that's item uh, C. Uh, D uh, and I have I yeah. have the thing I'm donating with me so oh okay all I'll right give it to you guys while I'm here oh yeah oh you'll have no problem finding Leslie I'm sure <laughs> um, D is uh, we had a request from our uh, board here at the February meeting to put an ad hoc uh, committee together to look at our executive committee and kind of our roles and responsibilities for that committee. And is it now time in the 21st century to maybe look at what should be the role of the, the executive committee going forward? Some of the things that kind of keep us uh, in certain situations into having to deploy the executive committee is the fact that, that we need 14 days notice to call a board meeting, just pointing that out. Uh, but I'm sure that's something Mark and Kim and the committee will look at. So I wanted to announce tonight that Mark, uh, Mark and Kim will be our co-chairs for the committee. And please reach out to myself, Mark, and Kim if you're interested in serving on that committee. I think we'll mainly make this board members. Uh, there might be a few uh, affiliate presidents or staff that would be part of this. But uh, anyway, uh, just wanted to let you know that we're moving forward. Again, I, I think we've got a little time before we need uh, to have a report out. Any questions about the formation of the ad hoc committee for the executive committee? All right, well, thanks. All right, E is uh, HBO Max and uh, Kim and Brian and ACB have been working through a structured negotiation uh, with HBO and that settlement has been announced. And there was a, a press release. And so Brian was part of that effort. So I was, wanted to uh, have him uh, give us an update on where we stand with HBO Max. So, Brian. Hi there, everyone. Uh, it's been a while Brian. since you heard this voice, but here <laughs> I am. Um, I want to 
make it clear that the reason that I'm here is not because I'm Kim's husband, but because I'm president of Bay State Council. And we are co, um, I don't think the word's litigants, but signers of the agreement with HBO Max. Um, Kim wanted me to be sure to let you know that on Monday night of the convention, the panel on streaming services now has eight yeses. Eight different services will be represented on that panel that evening. And this speaks very loudly to how ACB is viewed by the industry, that is the industry of companies that doing streaming services. And this day and age of cord cutting, that's, that's a home run, that we have the attention of so many entities providing audio described content in a streaming format. The HBO agreement has proven to be something we could have wished for all along and uh, now is probably going to end up being the example that we will take forward in all future discussions. Uh, HBO Max is a wholly owned entity of Warner Broadcast. I think it's Warner Broadcasting these days. They keep changing their corporate names. Um, and they've agreed to a process by which they will produce 1,500 hours of audio content in year one. They've met and exceeded that goal already. That they will double that in by the end of year two to 3,000 and double that yet again at the end of year three at 6,000 hours of audio content. And again, I want to stress that they've exceeded year one's goal and have a corporate commitment to exceed every subsequent roll, rollout uh, number-wise in the future. Now, we just uh, sent out to the FCC on a request by Warner to exempt Turner Broadcasting System, TBS, from the obligation to produce 87.5 hours of new audio description each quarter. As those of you who are big time uh, cable watchers, you know that TBS is primarily reruns, similar to the uh, USA network that filed for uh, an exemption a couple of years ago. So there's a difference though in Time Warner slash TBS's request. That is unlike the USA request, which was uh, sweetened, if you will, with a uh, agreement to audio describe 75% of their uh, self-produced content Warner has agreed to do 100% of TBS's uh, new content. Uh, in addition, they are making it clear that they would like to expand that and are committed to expand that 100% of new content to two other cable channels they own. Clark, I don't know if you have the names of those with you. But I know that the uh, post I saw came out yesterday or maybe even this morning uh, about ACB's uh, suggestion to support this request included the names of these other two uh, 
cable networks. Do you recall what those are, Clark? Yeah, Brian, that's TNT and True TV, both subsidiaries along with TBS of Warner Media, which is also the, as you mentioned, the same parent company as HBO Max. Right. So we're talking more than a minimum commitment in their request for this waiver. And by the way, these waivers, uh, people need to understand that when the obligation is for 87.5 hours and a quarter, about an hour a day or so, that um, they are allowed to count as one of those hours the first time they broadcast something and the second time they broadcast it but not the third, fourth, and fifth time. And uh, those who watch TBS know that they do a lot of marathons of one kind or another. So over the course of a quarter, they're likely to show the same program four and five times. So they're simply asking that those, uh, that this waiver take into consideration the fact that so much of their content is reruns of reruns. Mm-hmm. So and not it, so much really original not, content. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're saying a hundred percent of original. If they if they if they can count uh, toward their requirements, uh, their way over broadcast, if you will, of these reruns of reruns. Yeah, and I think they even committed to a thousand hours of audio described for their reruns, which is exactly pretty pretty amazing. Which is, yeah. which is a lot. But I don't know how many times I get to watch the same show. I've I've laid down the <laughs> law in my household that once we get to seeing it the third time, I'm out of the room. Do you, do you mean law or law and order? No, just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. SVU. I, I'm telling you, I've watched every SVU show at least four times. But anyway. This is really, really a spectacular relationship. Understand that, that our original agreement was, was nowhere near as aggressive as this has proven to be. And it's been driven not by us, but by a significant corporate commit, commitment to audio description being the natural way to conduct business. Not an extra something they're giving, but something that needs to be and is a corporate value statement. Uh, Each time we meet with them, they're talking about what more they can do, not how they're meeting minimum requirements. It's really a joy, especially if you've sat in on some meetings for some of the other entities where it's been anything but that. So I think we all should be very pleased with ACB standing relative to all of these streaming services our positive relationship with them and what that's meant to our membership's access to audio described content. Be happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Brian. Wonderful. I have a question, Brian. Brian, uh, is that Jeff? Jeff? Yep. Yeah. Do we know what the percentage of new content versus uh, paid for content like movies and things that they get from other sources? For example, on the weekends, they're predominantly running films. From, from Hollywood Studios. Do we know what the percentage of content is new content from TBS, for example, versus already you know per, uh, existing content that they're just purchasing to run? The vast majority of what TBS does is reruns. Uh, 
we don't have an actual number, just the commitment that if it's new, it will be audio described. One of the things going on with these different services is if you were to say Disney Plus, Apple Plus, uh, Peacock, um, Amazon Video, and, and the list goes on and on, no two of them conduct business in the same fashion. Some of these are primarily live or nearly live. That's why ESPN is not required to have any audio description because the vast majority of what they do uh, puts them out of that group. So as we look at these different things, it's, it's a moving target. But again, Warner Media has been very upfront with sharing with the, the working group all of the data we've asked for to do it in a prompt and complete fashion. So the next time round, I'll ask that question for you, Jeff. Brian, this okay. Yeah, I've got I, a question too. Okay, David, Jeff, were you done with your thought uh, before we go to David? Yeah, I, I, I'm just. Uh, yeah, I'm just very interested to see what that ratio is. I expect yeah. it to be very, very much, very limited on new. You know, yeah, because uh, it costs a lot of money to produce a movie, right? So I wouldn't expect yeah. them to be producing hundreds of hours a month of their own content versus purchase content. I just would like to see what that ratio is and what that number is. There's a third number that, that matters in this, and that is how aggressive is the company when it licensed something for broadcast under its name in getting that audio described track. Mm -hmm. We have not seen some companies showing much effort at all other than, well, we'll ask, and if it comes, that's fine. That we won't push the point or press the point. That is not the attitude Warner Media is taking to it. Warner Media is saying it's in our contract no, request, yeah. and you have to explain to us why you aren't doing it, rather than us having to ask you over and over again. Uh, all right, David. Yeah, you that, got a question. Yep, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, you you said something I didn't know uh, that ESPN didn't have to do do this because they were live. But I'm wondering why then uh, did why did NBC describe the Olympics if they if that because they were live, and I guess our relationship with Peacock how is it since they did do the Olympics? Good question. The answer is they didn't have to. They chose to. Again, an attitude about corporate commitment to things. Um, Peacock has been an interesting problem, and I say it's a problem because it's as much a problem for those who own it as those who attempt to, come to uh, access it. And that is, they had everything set up to literally launch with audio description, and then they ended up having to um, work out a different uh, uh, business arrangement to cause the programming, I'm ta talking about the description of content, but rather how it's uh, technically distributed to be radically modified. Uh, one thing that I'm only now getting to better understand is that we all know about how you can go to a movie theater and there's an audio description track, but when that movie hits television, whether it's streamed or on broadcast television, it may not have the audio track with it. What happened to cause it not to go? Part of it 
is who owns the rights to what aspect of a given piece of content. And part of it is literally the technical way the content is placed with the original, if you will, mainstream content. Um, there is no universal standard for this. One entity, producer, might make a file of a particular digital type uh, and send it along as a uh, kind of a extra file that's time-linked to the original file, while another company actually um, puts it in there as uh, a true audio track in the original, and they simply expose it at the right time. And there are at least a half a dozen different ways that this is done. And Peacock, that is uh, Comcast-owned, or a sister organization anyway, found themselves in that very situation, which is what's caused them no end of grief and delays and apologies for not being more generally accessible than it has been up to this point. You'll hear more about that during that eight-person panel I mentioned earlier. Peacock is more than happy to speak candidly at our convention about where they are at this point. Okay, Brian, Brian still, David, I got yeah. one more question. And uh, first of all, I want to say you guys are doing a great job. This is something ACB is known for. And I'm excited that y'all are out there making these steps forward. I'm hearing, I'm understanding, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've been called as a officer of ACB and I hadn't had a chance to talk to Dan. So I'll just ask you. Uh, what is the situation with uh, no Dolby Atmos uh, audio can be audio described? Again, what we've got going here is how the engineering is done in the background. Um, when we originally got secondary audio programming, good old SAP, to work for us for audio description, we ran into one major problem. Remember what that is? Shared with Spanish. Spanish language. Shared with Spanish. We only had one secondary audio programming channel and two different entities who had every right to have access to it for accessibility point of, uh, from an accessibility point of view. Spanish speakers and those with audio description. So the same thing is true for Atmos. At some point, Atmos was developed in order to give that spectacular 3D sound with modern engineering. But those who came up with the idea um, did not come up with a standard by which it could also blend in the secondary audio programming content um, or audio description. So this is something that's under negotiation between the companies who offer um, Admos um, and the number one entity leading the charge on this is Apple. Yeah, because Apple's they doing all their stuff in 5.1, yeah. All in 5.1. And believe me, they are not happy about um, this issue of all of one and none of the other. You get to choose audio description or, or Atmos. So they are putting pressure on the engineering developers 
to find a solution to this one or the other scenario you've described. It's not an omission by, by those putting out the content. It's an engineering problem that uh, those who came up with, if you can use the term standard, um, failed to incorporate and are now having to backtrack and find a way to make it. This is Katie with a question. And Doug too. Okay. Thank you, Katie, and then Doug. And then I think maybe we'll make those the last two questions because I have hear from all our board members that we would like to uh, be done by 11 o'clock. So, <laughs> uh, so Katie and then Doug. So go ahead, Katie. Sure. Thank you, Brian, for that, for your last explanation. This is all very insightful, but I'm just wondering, and, and we can you know talk offline or something or maybe another discussion, but is there anything or what, what can we do, I guess, is... Um, you know, I understand what you're saying about this is all, this is done engineering and, and all that. I get that. But is there more, you know, can, can we put pressure on someone or it's just, it's really frustrating when I, you know, I don't have cable, nor do I want cable, but I, you know, love to watch something on a streaming service, but, oh, I, I turn it on and their audio description may or may not be passed through. So um, just wondering, you know, what I as an advocate can do to um, help this help this issue maybe move forward and, and, you know, audio description means access for all. So I'd love to see more of it in all, all of its forms. Understood. Uh, I will be bringing back to the ADP uh, the nature of the questions from the board this evening uh, on all of these, by the way, very much on point and shows how engaged all of you are in this issue. It's not just a matter of recreation, it's a matter of education, a matter of social inclusion, and it's a matter of equality. And uh, the ADP is very, very aware of those kinds of issues uh, and is working constantly to not only advocate for it, but to better understand the engineering difficulties that uh, Frequently, industry march out at the 11th hour. <laughs> we think everything's going fine. And then they say, oh, yeah, but dot, dot, dot. So I'll certainly bring that to the ADP and ask that they respond uh, to that question. And the others that I'm not directly capable of giving an engineering answer to. And thanks for all your work. More than welcome. Brian, Don, this is the next one, right? Oh. Yeah, you know, Clark, okay. uh, Clark's got some more information for Katie, Clark, and then we've got Doug. Go ahead, Clark. Yep. Yeah, if, if I could just jump in real quick. Um, Katie, so to, to your question, um, the uh, you, know, you want to watch something on a streaming service, but it may or may not have audio description. Um, mm -hmm. Part of that goes back to the 21st Century Communications Video Accessibility Act and the fact that streaming services aren't required to have or pass through audio description, right? And that yeah. that's one of the main things that ACB and the Audio Description Project and our partners are communicating to Congress as we look towards a potential CVAA 2.0. Um, the conversation about the engineering restrictions of uh, the quality of audio descriptions and how it might be passed through um, those technical requirements, that's something that we're looking at in terms of, you know, the audio description quality 
because certainly not only the way that audio description is produced, but the way it's presented to the user impacts its effectiveness um, in you know, communicating the full accessibility of the program. Um, so the, these are all areas that, at least on the, the advocacy side, that we are um, aware of and we're trying to come up with new and innovative ways to move the needle forward, especially as the ADP makes such great progress in getting uh, additional partners to provide audio description. Great. One other thing I'd add to, to that, by the way, is that <laughs> National Braille Press will be releasing a book written by Judy Dixon going through how do you get access to and going through the primary streaming services, the different types of devices one might use to access those services uh, with quite a bit of step-by-step processes for setting them up and then accessing them on an ongoing basis. One of the most important parts of that book is going to be a disclaimer that says, this was true at the moment it was published. This may not be true by the moment you read it. So take it in general terms. Part of accessibility to all of this is knowing how to do it. I'm sitting in my living room, and those who watch things know that I won the MMS uh, television as the grand prize this year. So I have a brand new television on my wall, and it's now been on my wall for five days, and I'm still configuring it. So if I am struggling a bit in knowing all the bells and whistles to get all the different things to work, uh, you can well imagine that education has got to be a big part of making all of this work for all of us. And Doug, Doug, you, you had, had a question? question. Yeah, um, in the uh, ADP subcommittee um, meeting the other night, um, there was talk of uh, text-to-speech, which is a way of, uh, you know, the script gets written for audio description, and then I guess it gets read electronically uh, in, the, in the spots rather than voiced by a human. Um, do these agreements that you have with Warner are uh, are they do are they stipulated whether they can be uh, text to speech or or whether they need to be narrated by a human? No, they do not. And in fact, none of the agreements we've been involved with to this point have had such language within them. We do have discussions about the when and where and why of just that kind of thing. If having you know, uh, I think you heard Clark use the word quality as well as quantity. Our big focus right now is on that quality question. What qualities does live, not live, but human-voiced audio description have over synthetic speech voice over audio description? When is the uh, when does that impact? the quality of the user experience. So uh, as you know, Doug, the ADP is looking into this. There's been significant uh, involvement in testing some of this out by um, uh, Amazon Prime. And I've heard examples that were horrible and examples that I can't tell the difference between the human voice and the synthetic voice. It's that good. 
or can be if done properly. So if it increases the quantity of availability of audio description without decreasing the quality of that experience, or if we can come up with some means by which to say text to speech when reaching this quality level is acceptable for this kind of content or under these circumstances, but not generally, then uh, we'll be uh, really pressing for that in all future agreements. And again, our relationship with Warner Media has been so positive that I'm confident they'll take our concerns in this regard very, very seriously. I don't feel that we're quite there with Amazon because Amazon has made some significant commitments to working on their back catalog, but they're having to compete for time with voiceover artists who are the voicers. By the way, those of you who think that audio description is read by audio describers, that is not the way it's done these days. These days, and we're talking in the past, well, certainly during the pandemic, People are not going into studios to do their voice recording. They're doing it from their home offices, in their basements, in their own studios. They're being sent the text to read without necessarily even seeing the thing they're reading description for. So the industry is changing dramatically, but they're also all competing with one another for the attention of people to do the work. So if it were to slow down the content, especially of audio describing the back catalog, then that's one of the things we have to take into consideration rather than giving a flat down no, but uh, under what circumstances could the answer be yes. Well, thank you, Brian. Really, really fantastic update. And I just want to, for everybody, I think folks know this, but just in case we have co-chairs of our audio Description Project Steering Committee, which are Kim Charlson and Carl Richardson. So you can contact them. And we now, of course, have a staff person uh, that spends 50% of their time on audio description. And that's uh, JoLynn Bailey Page, who's our audio description project coordinator. And then we have three contract positions, Fred Brack, who does acb.org slash ADP and maintains the website where you can get for all these streaming services, what's audio described and what's not, and much, much more. And we have Joel Snyder, who is our founder and senior consultant, who does a lot of work, including training institutes and working with Microsoft on a grant uh, to provide a certification process for what will hopefully fairly soon be a new uh, ACV REP certification for audio description uh, writers, as well as quality control personnel. And then we have Timothy Wynn, who is a new person to the team who's doing some technical support and uh, finds all of the television listings for us across all the websites and produces that content for Fred. So it's quite a team and obviously Brian and his work. So please uh, reach out to JoLynn. JoLynn, I'm thinking uh, maybe a few more uh, ACB community events on audio description. Uh, there seems to be, we have lots of interest in this area. So uh, maybe very, very we'll get you and Cindy together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, may, I, may I just offer thanks to Brian for his extremely articulate um, analysis of the text-to-speech problem. You know, it's, it is a problem. I mean, people don't agree on it, but I just thought many of his remarks were really thoughtful and very cogent. And 
I plan to go back and listen to the recording. But thank you, Brian. You're more than welcome. Kim says, uh, hello to everybody. By the way, I just spoke to her before this meeting. She's in a hotel in Portland, Oregon, waiting for her early morning flight home. Her services for her mother were uh, right on spot, and she's feeling good about how this has all turned out. Excellent. And we're looking forward to having her back here on the East Coast. Thank you, Brian. Thoughts go out to Kim. All right. Uh, our, our next item on the president's report uh, is uh, F, which is talking about our volunteer hours. And folks, congratulations to everybody, uh, all the committees and, and all the hard work, especially our community events and our ACB radio volunteers being involved with our uh, affiliate conventions. This year, we logged uh, a little over 42,000 hours of volunteer service for the American Council of the Blind, which added up to over a million dollars of in-kind donations. So, Nancy, did you have any precise figures you wanted to share there? But I just wanted to make sure the board knew what uh, almost doubled from where we were the previous year. So, uh Thank you all for turning in those volunteer hours, our committee chairs, and really making a difference. I think right. you said I think you said it all, Dan. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think well, we th did a wonderful job of tracking our volunteer hours. So and thank you to all the volunteers. Thank you. And thank you to our number one cat herder, Nancy Christine Fila, and all our hard, hard work, hard work in getting us uh, to get those hours turned in. I, I'm convinced there's still thousands of more hours out there that we're not accounting for, but it's still a wonderful, wonderful story. So thank you all. Uh, the two items we added, uh, I wanted to again, get your all's thoughts uh, fairly quickly here, but related to the fall board meeting, uh, have talked to Janet, uh, the um, hotel in Omaha has reached out to us. Uh, they do have uh, availability and rooms available if we want to have a at least a hybrid, if not a totally in-person um, fall board meeting in Omaha. It would be the 8th and 9th of October. I, given, given the progress that has been made with the vaccines and the way uh, we see things opening up across the country, I would like us to consider uh, at least having uh, a hybrid uh, board meeting. Obviously, we passed uh, a policy at the February board meeting that the fall board meeting people can, board members can participate either in person or virtually going forward. Uh, but I would really like to see us uh, try to get back together uh, in October, but I wanted to get your all's thoughts. Thank you. Um, Dan, before we have Janet book the hotel. Yes. Dan, this is Donna Brown. Yes, Donna, please. Uh, I, I, maybe you were going to go in some kind of order. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. No, 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 no order. Just please, please speak, Donna. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I would like to see us really make a, a, a conscious effort to, to go hybrid at least. I'm ready to come to Om Omaha. In case anybody wants to know. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, thank you, Donna. Yes, go ahead, Ray. Ray, yeah. Well, as as evidenced, uh, I'm in Florida, so um, I'm certainly ready to travel. 
Um, I think that we should definitely look at doing an in-person <clears throat> meeting in October, eight to night sounds uh, good, uh, with obviously a Zoom available for anybody for whatever reasons that cannot attend. I think I think you're you're even seeing some of the more tightly locked up states starting to ease up on restrictions. Uh, just haven't gotten details on it, but I saw today where Chicago is starting to lift a lot of restrictions. They've been pretty locked down. I mean, not totally, but they've been pretty restrictive uh, about things and they're starting to lift some of the restrictions. I, <clears throat> I think people just in general, I mean, I came through O'Hare today and it was packed. It was bustling. My flight down was full. I mean, it was, I was lucky I got a seat because I travel standby. <clears throat> and so I think people really want to get out there, at least here in the U.S. I think that I think we can safely by October, we should be able to to uh, to do uh, an in-person uh, meeting. I don't know if we'll have to wear masks or anything like that, um, but, um, you know, that, you know, that uh, that would be the only thing. Um, but I even think a lot of that's going to come down, especially for people that have been vaccinated. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think we should definitely, I agree with you. I think we should definitely try to get together, but like, like I said, have the zoom available for those, <clears throat> as I say, for whatever reason that don't mm -hmm. feel that can't attend or don't feel comfortable attending mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go and ahead, Mark. Mark and then David. Yep. Uh, th thanks, Jan. So, uh, just a little aside today was my first of my two. Moderna shots. Woohoo. So I'm so excited about it. And I am mm -hmm. totally on board with the idea of uh, <coughs> traveling. But I don't, do we know uh, these dates? It's either these dates or not, or we have some flexibility on them. And the reason why I ask, and then I'll go on mute, is I know, you know the APH annual meeting is there. It seems like I remember something about, I may be wrong about this, but I think the NIB conference is not too far there. I just want to raise the point. Thanks. Dan, it's Janet. I can speak to this if you'd like me to. Yes, please. Thank you. Those are the dates that we do have booked with the hotel, tentatively have booked with the hotel. I can check to see if there's any other dates available, but that's what we've booked, you know, as of a couple of years ago when we set this up initially. Yeah. Well, the only thing I'd say is I may be the only one. I mean, who knows where all of us will be professionally and otherwise six months or whatever, but uh, I may be the only one affected by the APH thing, but maybe there are others who might be interested, in which case I'd probably have to zoom in if those were those uh, dates. But for sure, count me in, uh, if at all possible, be in there in person. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Uh, David? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we really need to do it for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it's time to get back to some kind of norm. But the other thing is, if we do a hybrid, it'll give us some extra familiarity with it when we go to uh, the D.C. conference uh, over in, in January, February. Uh, I, I just think that we need to start moving out again. And uh, but we we don't need to forget our uh, online part of this thing, because, you know, we've we've kind of made the commitment that that we would be this way from now on. And I think it's just time to start moving forward. I think it'll give us some good practice in the Omaha hotel, you know, of how to do it from both points of view, those in the room and those on zoom. Yeah. Yep. 
Any, Jeff, go ahead, Jeff. Um, just I, um, I don't disagree with anything that's been said, and I want to get moving along too. But I, I do think it's important to ask this question out of due diligence and prudence. What um, would be the financial repercussions if, for some weird reason, some mutation turned this thing around or whatever happened between now and, and October? I just want to know what that would be before making a final decision to vote on this. I can't guarantee it, Jeff, but I would think if there was another mutation, our hotels have been really good at working with us. And I, I, you know, I can't promise it, but I don't think there'd be a problem because this is not in the scheme of things. It's not a large number of rooms that we're booking. Okay. Thank you. Then, then I'm a yes. Vote now, in that case. having said that, you know, who, no, I, I, right. I understand that that's okay. your best guess. And that's yes. fine. Mm-hmm. Dan, this is Doug. I'd like to hear from some of the younger people. Are they getting vaccinated? I know that us old folks have gotten vaccinated, but. (laughs) Yeah, I got, sorry, Katie. I I received the Johnson and Johnson uh, one and done and uh, was able to get it uh, luckily right before it was paused. So, and all is well here. So. Very good. This is Sarah. I also got the Johnson Johnson a few weeks ago. So all's good. Good, good, good. Congratulations. This is Eric, and I've been vaccinated, fully vaccinated as of last Friday. And Eric, I'd love to hear your thoughts because the last time we did a fall board meeting in person, we asked uh, the staff to, to participate as well. Would, would uh, this be something that the staff would be, um, uh, be willing to be part of in Omaha? Uh, you know, I, I haven't really talked to them about it. Uh, the majority of our staff has either uh been vaccinated is being vaccinated or has had covid <laughs> so we 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 are we're, we're a fruit salad of of covid uh and you know everybody in our office uh by probably the middle of may in in alexandria will have been vaccinated completely so uh, and i know you know i know that others um, on the team have been vaccinated as well. I'm not going to, uh, you know, go through name by name. Uh, that's up to them. Um, but it, it, there's a sense that I do have just from talking to them individually. We haven't had a meeting on this, but just individually that, that folks would be uh, absolutely willing uh, to, to come to Omaha this fall. Okay. And that includes Dan, this, me. This David, I'm ready to get going. Yes, I want go to ahead, say David. one thing on this. I, I would feel good, though. Uh, you know, I know I know Eric says that uh, the staff are ready, and, and that's great. We love to see them all. But I would be uh, really feeling better about it if we offered them the same thing that we did our board members, that if they really were uncomfortable, they could opt out without any repercussion. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. Yes. yes. Yeah. No doubt. Are, any other comments? I think I'd like to go ahead and have a motion for uh, uh, for us I to move, have a hybrid. Uh, I move board that meeting. we hold a fall board meeting in Omaha uh, in a hybrid format with both in person and virtual options available. I second it, Mark. Second. Okay, so Ray made the motion. Mark seconded. Any additional discussion? 
Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Well, we'll may hopefully look forward, if everything keeps going good, look forward to seeing a lot of folks in Omaha in October. Hey. All right. I I just let out a big yes here. I went on YouTube to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we got the the next item, which is the DC Leadership Conference, and Eric and Kelly and team kind of doing their good due diligence. The Holiday Inn uh, has reached out to us on multiple occasions. They really enjoyed us participating in Alexandria at the Holiday Inn in 2019, and they have come back with some uh, proposals. So I'm going to turn it over to Eric and Kelly to give us some. Uh, possible dates for uh, the DC leadership conference for 2022. Sure. Yeah. And I, I apologize for any noise in the background. I, I can't escape noise in my home this evening. There's a gentleman repairing our HVAC at this late hour. It's about 83 degrees in our house and we've got a screaming baby. So anyway, <laughs> life is good. Um, so yeah. So over the last year since Last February, uh, the the Holiday Inn, the folks at the Holiday Inn have continued to reach out to Kelly um, every every couple months or so just to say hi. Uh, what we've learned is um, that they've been able to really maintain uh, the overall management structure with the same uh, a lot of the same folks that that you all met last year, which I think is great. Um, they were great to work with. Uh, going into, into 2020. And uh, Allison, who many of you uh, met, and uh, she assisted a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. She, she reached out to Kelly this week, um, wanting to uh, more um, succinctly identify uh, some dates for 2022 uh, for the, for the conference. And uh, traditionally, as you guys are aware, we have uh, held the the DC Leadership Conference uh, the weekend after President's Day, and one of the things that that we, uh, as a as a staff, have really came to the realization of after this year's conference is that um, we would like very much to be able to move that um, the dates to. Uh, potentially the following weekend, which would be the first weekend in March. Part of the reason for that is that uh, President's Day is a federal holiday and we lose a day of preparation. And also given what we've been doing the last couple of years with regard to uh, the board retreat and uh, staff participation in the board retreat that Friday afternoon, we lose a, an additional half day of, of, uh, of preparation time as well. And so and, and all of that is good. I'm not complaining about the board retreat and our, our participation, but it, it's just one of those realities where we lose a day and a half of, of preparation time that is really quite valuable. So uh, what we'd like to be able to do is to, to move it back a week. And Kelly, can you uh, talk a little bit about uh, those dates and uh, a little bit about just the relationship that, that we've been able to build over the last year? Yeah. So um uh- you know, as Eric mentioned, Allison uh, from the Holiday Inn has reached out to me several times, um, and uh, she's just—they're—they're they're all really awesome over there. The staff is really great. 
Um, so uh, when she reached out to me, she kind of let me know that there were other people involved and uh, and interested in looking at our uh, our meeting weekend. So we had kind of discussed maybe pushing it back a little bit. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find out. So it would be the week of March. Um, the weekend of March 5th and 6th would be the, the, the weekend that we would hold it. And it would start me. Sorry. Is it prepared? It would. Uh, so, so it would start. Yeah, the 5th would be that Saturday. Yeah, the fifth would be the Saturday. So, you know, we're not really sure how we would kind of arrange the meeting, what would fall on which days. Um, But yeah, it would, you know, kind of be starting Thursday the 3rd and going to Tuesday the 8th. Um, And, uh, you know, Allison and all the staff there have been really great to work with. So uh, I'm sure that we would be able to negotiate uh, a good deal with them because they they really would like us back and and they've been really supportive in the in the last year in reaching out. So they they still have an interest in doing like a multi year a two year contract with us, correct? That yes. was one of the questions I was going to ask. Do they is it a one year or multi year? So you think a two year contract is what you all would recommend? We could, we could, I mean, we could either look at like a two-year or a three-year contract. Um, I would like to talk with them to see what rates that they could provide us with, because if Mm -hmm. we could lock in a really good room rate, then we might want to have a longer contract. Um, Mm -hmm. But we'll kind of need to take a look at, you know, the whole environment uh, coming up next year, because we we can't really anticipate what we're going to get. But Allison seems like she's really willing to work with us on a lot of different factors. And um, I let her know that I'd be reaching back out to her after our board meeting. So I'll be talking to with her beginning sometime tomorrow, and we can kind of figure out some more details. Okay. And I think this is the, this is the right time to strike, you know, before everybody starts Mm -hmm. kind of jumping back on board here, at least would be my thoughts. And the other is that, you know, for some of us who uh, over the years have been involved in the Sagebrush uh, convention, I I think, or uh, affiliate convention, I think the other nice thing is that kind of gives us another week in between that event as well, which gives us a little breathing time. Or or some of us that would like to be involved in the Sagebrush. But but it's hard to justify flying one week into one and the next week into the next. Yeah, yeah. So, um. So I would really like us to, uh, for somebody to make a motion to allow Eric uh, and what, one, Kelly. One other thing first, yeah. Dan. Sure. Uh, go ahead, David. I've got I've something to Dan. Uh, yeah. Well, let me, you know, Dave, we, we have a motion you, and then we can talk, but go okay. ahead, David. Yeah, go ahead, David. Okay. Uh, I, I will move. I will go ahead and move it. And then I'll ask my question if that'll make you happy. happy if that, that'll, make me, that'll make oh, me that very happy. Okay. Well, okay. Go ahead, make and, the motion. Yeah. I would, I would move that they look at, uh, having the DC conference uh, there and as, and go as far out as if they feel good with the rates and everything as far out as three years. Good. I like that. Second that. Okay. And, and Ray has seconded it and going and shooting for that first week uh, in March, right. Kind of as the, the, yeah, the yeah I actually think that'll be better for us weather wise. Yes. Oh yes. Uh, yes. yes. Same here. Yes. We, 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 some of us have been in DC on some pretty nasty weather. <laughs> yeah. All right. So David, uh, thank you for the motion and Ray is seconded. So you wanted a discussion point. So go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, uh, one thing. Uh, you know, we go to the hill on Tuesday usually, and she said it would end on the the eighth. But I would 
I would also ask them to negotiate those rates out one day earlier and one day late. Mm, yeah, so yeah. So people can come in early and stay after the hill. Right. Yeah, know, I, no, we would definitely know. we would definitely do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, very good that, point. That David. was the only thing I saw that you know we yeah. needed to look at. It, or thank you, David. And Ray, you had a yeah, comment. My, no, this has nothing to do with COVID. Um, my, uh, and I'm sure you guys will look into this, but, well, I definitely would urge you to. With everything that's happened in D.C. this year, um, what sort of arrangements and things are we going to have to deal with going down to Capitol Hill? Because of you know, thanks to what happened on January 6th. Uh, I know there's increased security there. At least I've been, I understand that there is. So as you're looking at putting this together, you know, definitely look at that and what people are going to have to do is be prepared for as far as that goes. And I'm sure you will. Oh, oh most definitely. I mean, we're going to have to deal with that with Clark and, and when Swatha moves out, uh, once they start holding uh, in-person meetings, Ray, we'll, yeah. we'll be on top of that. Good, good point. For sure. Certainly. Any other questions or comments from the board? All right, hearing none. Uh, all those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, thank you. And Eric and Kelly, thank you for your hard work in this area. And boy, we, we're, we're that planning a, on getting back together. Easy, that's an easy hotel yeah. to get around. It's yeah, that was really convenient. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. It did, it did it? What was that place? T.J. Stones, G.J. Yes. Is, it still, is it still in and business? Legal seafood. Here we come. Dan, there's a whole bunch of new restaurants that have opened up right around the corner too. Oh, so there's like a Thai sweet. place and a hot chicken place. So there's oh. luck. <laughs> Yay, team! All right. All right. Good deal. Legal, legal seafood. Here we come. All right. Okay. All right, next, uh, it's time for uh, item seven, uh, which is our staff reports. And I'm going to turn it over to- uh, I, I move acceptance of the president. Oh, yes, report. please. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Move to second. Uh, do I have a- do it? Ray moves, Dave, David seconds uh, for approval of the president's report. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you, Ray, for keeping us on track there. And next, we'll go to item seven, which is our staff reports. And uh, we've kind of got everything listed under uh, Eric and Nancy, but I, I'm encouraging uh, Eric and Nancy to please bring in the, the rest of the staff as appropriate. So uh, now I'd like to turn it over to our executive director, Eric Bridges. Excuse me, Dan, uh, just hey. a second. A, a point yes, of information here. Um, uh -huh. I keep getting put on mute. Um, is that because I was making the static that was happening before every time i unmute uh it 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 reverts back to being muted so i i didn't know if nancy was muting me or because i was causing the static or what i and nancy she's probably muted we'll have to have her <laughs> doug we've been trying to quiet you down for a long time sorry oh. what, did you, what did you guys say it, doug was wondering if he was the culprit and that's why he was getting muted uh with the uh, staff yes yes okay 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 all right but you sound real good right now doug all right yeah i'm Fair. using the space bar okay ah okay all right good all right uh okay eric thank you excellent well thank you dan uh so yeah we've got eight eight things here <laughs> so let's get rolling and i'm gonna take a couple of these out of order uh 
we're going to go to number three, the ACB job posting updates. There have been several. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm very happy and proud to say that our most recent announcement went out today to uh, recruit an administrative assistant for our, uh, our national office in Alexandria. So that is, uh, that will be great. And we'll ease the, uh, the load on, uh, on Sharon Levering and Kelly Gask some to be able to welcome a new teammate. So hopefully within the next, uh, three to four weeks that will, that will occur. Um, before I'm going to, I'm going to have, uh, some of my team introduce, uh, our new teammates here in, in just a moment before I do that though um, I'd like to I'd like to recognize Erica Keller um, Erica came to work for ACB back in gosh I think it was August and uh, little did she know that she would be doing all kinds of crazy stuff uh, and and uh, getting to getting to work with her has been great and part of a big part of what what she and I have worked on, really since, uh, since November is uh, updating position descriptions for existing uh, employees as well as uh, future position, uh, position descriptions. And then in addition to that, uh, she and I sat down and uh, in December and identified a, a process to go and recruit new employees, and uh, it's been it's been great to be able to to work with her um, with her HR background and be able to uh, identify this. We, as an organization, we've never hired this many people in this short of time. Probably, I would I would guess ever, or if not ever, at least now within the last fifteen or twenty years. And so it has, um, you know, it's been a uh, a challenging experience. It's been a really, uh, it's been a really good experience. It's the, the process has worked well, and I believe that we've identified and and hired the right people. And time will tell, right? But that you know, the we work the process, and that's what matters. So, uh, so thank you, Erica. I appreciate it. Um, now to to introduce these folks, and, and part of the process was. Uh, Erica, not just working with me, but working with uh, the individuals that would be the hiring managers, the folks that the folks that we hire will ultimately report to. And so we'd like to invite uh, Tony Stevens and Cindy Hollis to join me here. Uh, Tony has two new members of his team since we last met, one of whom you know very well, and the other one, literally the announcement went out uh, yesterday. <laughs> so... So Tony, uh, please uh, love for you to uh, welcome and, and ask uh, JoLynn and Jennifer to say a few words. Sure thing. Thanks, Eric, and good evening, everybody. Uh, yeah, as, as Eric mentioned, uh, the first person I'll be introducing is no stranger to ACP. Um, we were very excited to be able to uh, have a, a position that rolls into our staff uh, that just gives us a lot more bandwidth and, and time. And it's been exciting to have JoLynn, who I've worked with previously in the grants role, uh, but as well now in, in sort of having that audio description project uh, underneath sort of the wing of, of uh, you know, what is becoming, in a sense, a real team. 
Uh, we've invited Joe Lynn to our week, you know, biweekly. We've established some communication team meetings with uh, Debbie Hazelton and Rick Morin too, who are huge critical parts of our staff as contractors uh, and staffing support through the work Debbie and, and Rick do. But for Joe Lynn, uh, you know, uh, with her taking on the audio description project, is coordinating and leading a lot of those efforts and attending those, you know, all the meetings that Kim and Carl hold at night. Uh, and then as well, being a huge rock and support in our grant writing and fundraising and really helping drive uh, some of the things that have, have been really exciting projects that you all have been hearing about or hear more about uh, in the coming months in terms of uh, programs and the funding opportunities. We're looking to help support the programs for the organization and advocacy. So, Jolynn, you know, you want to say a couple of words of, of greeting and, uh, and it's a familiar safe space. So thanks for, Very kind, thanks for coming on board. Oh, that's great. Tony, thanks so much for the kind words. And um, it is just a pleasure to be more involved with ACB, you know, and to, um, you know, have one foot in each camp in grants and in the audio description project. And both feet are very wet now. You're splashing about in that, those puddles and um, I'm getting used to the role and uh, feel like we're ready to make significant forward progress. But it's been a joy. Um, absolutely thank exciting. You. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Jolynn. And, and Jolynn, for folks know, she was, a, a, a you know, based in Washington for many years in Washington, D.C., but now lives in the Bay and just moved into a new place uh, south of San Francisco, I think. Um, uh, I've been in San Francisco. I actually I, say, moved... I hope she doesn't live in the Bay. <laughs> yeah. no, well, no. <laughs> no, not yet. From the uh, Chesapeake to the San Francisco. That is correct. So, no, I'll actually be moving next week down to Los Angeles. Oh, that's right. So next yeah. week. So try not to bug her too much next week. She no, no, it's organized. Place. You know, being, but, being a grant uh, writer. Don't, I'm, don't I'm answer that. Don't, what, I, didn't, I didn't hear you. I think you have a bad <laughs> signal, Jolene. So don't, everybody don't bug Jolene too much next week. Um, but we are literally going to go from coast to coast from uh, yeah. one, one harbor town to another harbor town all the way to Savannah, Georgia. Uh, we're really excited to welcome in this position as well, which those that worked with Kate Vendimio last year with our communications work and strategic innovations planning knew that in order to really reach a lot of the, the goals that we have set uh, for the organization as we continue to grow, um, and there's been so much uh, opportunities for growth over the past year, um, and the staffing position, uh, you know, I want to thank the board for for committing to to realizing the value and importance that bringing on a full-time communication staff leader would would bring to the organization. Uh, we did a national search, um, and you know we had an outstanding pool of candidates that uh, a high number that that were just across the board, um, you know, from across the nation as well. Outstanding group of candidates, and it was, uh, you know, thanks. Like Eric said, I, I really need to extend thanks to Erica, who helped in in going through those resumes and applications and finding you know top tiers of candidates, and then as we whittled our way down. Uh, I'm very excited to introduce Jennifer Flat. Uh, Jennifer, uh, you know, the announcement was shared the other day uh, that that it was, you know, breaking down some of her, her background. She has a very, very rich background in the terms of her work and communications. It crosses a whole broad range of fields that, you know, myself having worked in communications throughout the duration of my nonprofit life, uh, which has pretty been, been all my adult life. Um, you know, Jennifer has covered with expertise in all these areas, uh, I feel like, that are critical to meeting our mission and our vision for the organization. Uh, you know, she has a very uh, solid background in health communications and marketing, advertising, branding, uh, working with nonprofits, working in the disability community. Uh, she helped lead 
the efforts when uh, around the H1N1 virus was a, was an awakening of accessibility concerns in Canada, and which is where she's from. She's a native of, of Ottawa, of Ontario. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's not Ottawa or somewhere, you know, in Ontario. It um, is. Wonderful. I got that one right. Good. And, uh, you know, has done a lot of work in that health communication space, working on diversity, inclusion, uh, breaking down stigmas, uh, and, and just really has the, the chops to really speak to we talk about going beyond our circle and beyond our sphere. And so, uh, Jennifer, welcome. And we're so excited to have you be part of the team. And I'll, I'll open the floor to you now just to, to get a chance to, we are a warm body of folks here. So uh, you're, in, you're in a good place. So, but welcome to the team. Thank you, Tony. Um, I realized in the first 30 seconds of this call that there's um, a lot of shy people involved on this call. Um, I look forward to getting to know each one of you and helping you um, tell me the stories that I need to tell for you, that I need to tell with you, and that I can walk with you and um, represent you. So I'm looking forward. My, every step of this, I just was telling Tony that the, the two Nancys impressed me, Erica, Kelly, Eric, uh, everyone I've encountered so far has been amazing, and I look forward to being part of the team. And we're excited to share as well, the, uh, Canadian by birth, but in February, uh, you are now an American citizen. Is that I right? am. So I say that. Congratulations on. Thank you. The big change is that I get to have opinions now. Um, I was polite before, but now, now, you, get to, now you get to vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. very importantly. Yes. We'll have to work oh, yeah, on that voting being accessible. Uh, That's right. You don't, yeah. sound like, you don't sound like a Canadian, Jennifer. Oh, I can say it, eh? Jennifer, thank you so much. And Jennifer is still working, so folks know her start date is March 10th. She's still in transition, doing a full-time gig, so I will give her every opportunity to jump off now. And thank you to Andrew, her husband, for letting her uh, stay on this evening. But, um, you know, Jennifer, don't, you know, thanks thanks for everybody for, uh, you know, being, having a warm welcome for Jennifer. And we'll get a chance to, I'm sure, get to know uh, everybody pretty well as she moves into her role. Welcome, Jennifer. And I'll hand it off to Cindy now, I think. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I will just admittedly say that for about a year, I have been busting it and um, uh, occasionally having an intern and gratefully so has helped some but uh, to have a full-time person added to my team is amazing. And I am just so delighted that we were able to get that grant from the Gibney grant. And um, uh, just uh, on April 5th, Colby Garrison started in her new role with us as Membership Services Administrative Assistant. And she is definitely assisting me. And uh, I have been in Washington since she started uh, with my mom who had been ill and uh, is doing better now. But um, I, I've been kind of playing a, a different role here, uh, earlier hours, six to two, trying to stick with the nine to five, I'm going to the hospital to visit my mom. I've normally, I'm always at my computer <laughs> um, and I mentioned that because I just want you all to know how valuable it has been to have 
the extra person on board who could jump in and uh, between her and Belinda, who's been interning, it's been great. So Colby lives in North Carolina. If you are in Clubhouse and in any of the ACB activities there or on some of our community calls, you may run into her and you'll definitely recognize her once you start hearing her. I promise you, she's um, just got that kind of voice. So uh, Colby, why don't you say a few words? Hello, ACB board. Can everyone hear me? Yes, we can. (laughs) I am very humbled and very honored to now say that I am employed with ACB. I have been totally blind since birth and live in North Carolina with my guide dog, um, who I trained with during COVID. So that was an interesting experience. Um, But we've been together for almost five months. And um, she definitely will be the dog who has taken on, you know, the most that I have taken on in life thus far. Um, My background is in communications and court reporting. And I am just thrilled to to be working for ACB and, I think what really got me involved was the convention last year. And because it was virtual, I was able to attend and just felt right at home immediately. And, you know, when I saw the posting for the position, I had been job hunting for almost a year and um, had decided not to pursue court reporting and thought, what have I got to lose? I'm going to apply. And by God's grace, I got the position and I'm just so very grateful. Um, so please reach out to me with anything that I can assist any of you with. All right. Thanks, Colby. And we're so glad to have you. Thanks, Eric. I'll turn it back Absolutely. to you. Excellent. Well, thanks guys. It's, uh, this is cool. We got, we got a new crew of folks that are pitching in and, and doing a lot of really good things. So, um, why don't we go up to number one, uh, the Verizon Communications Grant. This is something, um, I don't know how else to say this, but uh, you make your own luck is probably the best way to say this because this is an opportunity that literally fell out of the sky. And uh, I, was, I was contacted in, uh, in March by uh, a colleague at, at Verizon Media, uh, Larry Goldberg, who many of you recognize that name. You worked at WGBH for a number of years and went to Yahoo and you know, through corporate acquisitions, uh, Yahoo was acquired by Verizon. And uh, he's, uh, he's now leading a lot of the digital, uh, the, the media accessibility at Verizon. And uh, he said, hey, um, we want to we want to donate a bunch of digital ad space to the American Council of the Blind. And I said, wow, this is cool. And he said, yeah, uh, it's going to be you and uh, two other organizations to start. And then uh, at the end of the year, there'll be three additional all within the disability space. They're wanting, Verizon is wanting to focus on uh, accessibility and digital inclusion. And so uh, because Larry and Verizon know us, they trust us, we're a trusted partner, uh, 
they said, you know, here's what we're looking to do. We want to, we would like to donate $830,000 worth of digital, uh, digital ad space to the American Council of the Blind. And we've got in-house folks that can help uh, with the, you know, the creation and obviously the dissemination of the ads. Um, I'll invite Tony and Kelly here if they want to say a couple of things because uh, we uh, had an initial call a couple of weeks ago with Verizon Media to talk through uh, this process. Really, it's uh, it's designed to go uh, to the end of uh, the third quarter. Our ads will appear on their uh, on their premium brands, so all the Yahoo sites, as well as uh, AOL and uh, uh, TechCrunch and others. So uh, it's, it's, it's a very big deal. This is one of those areas where we're going to be able to reach folks outside of just the traditional blindness field or, or our own sphere, right? Uh, this gets into the kind of the main vein of, uh, of society when uh, you're on, let's say the Yahoo, you know, the Yahoo fantasy site or, Yahoo News or Yahoo Finance, right? These very heavily uh, visited sites, uh, you'll likely see an advertisement from us. And so, uh, Tony, I don't know if you'd like to talk just in broad strokes for a minute about kind of the general arc or the campaign that we're kind of looking to do over the next, uh, you know, five plus months. Sure, yeah. One of the things just to really stress too is how this timing is very, um, uh, we're very fortunate with a lot of the work that's been going on behind the scenes. And I really want to thank Kelly who has been working a lot with Kate Vendemi, our communications consultant, who was initially brought in to help get things ready for Jennifer to start. Uh, Jennifer does have some advertising background and experience in branding and, and web and uh, communications and, and advertising on, online and social media and all those various elements. Um, so the timing in terms of Jennifer onboarding is, is excellent timing in terms of this, as well as the work that Kelly's really been doing a lot of work with Kate behind the scenes in terms of we're, we're going to be making some updates to our web, some, some key web pages, uh, that uh, based on some, some guidance and, and research that we've been doing, uh, to help increase as traffic drives to our website, how can we get our visibility up? So we're going to be updating particular pages that the way this advertising opportunity works is the idea is that it will drive traffic to us, right? And so we want to make sure that we're hooking people as they're driving to us. So all the communications work, the focus groups, the messaging, uh, all the things that editorial calendar and things that we've been highlighting as, as important things we want to focus on. Because the idea is these are lots of, you know, this is $833,000 worth of, of bait that we essentially are able to throw out there in some good waters for fishing. And the idea is we want to be able to reel them in once they come to our website or find out more information and move from connections to friends to members slash supporters. That's kind of the, the strategy that we work with in our communications and trying to bring people. And this is going to give us a huge bandwidth and opportunity around 700 to 900,000 uh, eyes and ears a day that will run across. And as many of you know, we're looking to reach not just people who are blind and visually impaired as potential members, but the sons and daughters, aunts, uncles, friends, relatives, people, uh, that are, are further influenced and touched by those they know uh, that have blindness and vision loss in their community. 
and and really work to help drive the brand and the organization as we work through a, a series of, of other marketing and branding areas that we've been trying to enhance through the whole communications process. The ARC is going to be focusing on initial branding of the organization as well as the convention for the first leg of it. And then we will be moving into the health and wellness campaign, the get up and get moving campaign uh, will be a major part of it as well as we roll into the second half of this, you know, we're looking at probably a six month window of the spend out for this advertising money that'll run us into the fall. And it should uh, hopefully if timing works well in terms of <clears throat> going back to the conversation of holding live events and being in, in public spaces, uh, the get up and get moving campaign will be having events in San Francisco and California, New York city, uh, if all things go according to plan. And so it'll help us drive some traffic and energy and target marketing uh, and public awareness around the get up and get moving campaign as well. So it's going to be large scope and branding for the organization, uh, public awareness of ACB and what we're about and our, and our, our value proposition that we've been working on the past year and then transition that as well into some advocacy, particularly that focused around the healthcare campaign and potentially some things that you'll be hearing about with audio description in October. So that's still sort of uh, being fleshed out on the table. Right on. <clears throat> Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. All right. Everybody's favorite is coming up next. The information technology infrastructure update. Um, so incredibly important. Uh, so last year, uh, we were able to take all of our digital assets off a very uh, uh, unsteady, <laughs> um, sort of a scary uh, server and uh, put all that stuff into the Microsoft uh, Azure cloud. And uh, that, that was a, a significant leap forward for the organization. Uh, what we did was take all that stuff with all its warts and move it um, into a different into a different place. And now, what what needs to happen is we need to uh, begin to uh, remodel or replatform uh, where our digital assets are going to to be residing. Put them on uh, modern ground, as it were. So. Um, ACB.org, uh, the mini mall site, the audio description project, as well as the, the stuff that we're building right now with ACBmedia.org, uh, which, you know, is, um, you know, going to house our YouTube videos, and podcasts. All this stuff needs to be put in a, uh, in a normal state. So it's really updating uh the the infrastructure so that we then become more normalized i'm sure some of you might recall that a couple of years ago it was discovered that when our our, our server went down that um it took 54 steps to reboot right so thankfully we're not there anymore but there are some aspects of of what we're doing today that are our legacy in nature and are not as um, 
they're not normal. So you couldn't just hire uh, an IT generalist to come and, and just uh, monitor for maintenance purposes, right? So we need to be able to to normalize all of that. And it's over the next six weeks or so, we'll be working with the Louisville Web Group to do, to do just that. And so um, would like to invite Rick or Jeff, if you all have... Uh, additional thoughts that you'd like to, to lend to this, or if I've uh, said something incorrectly, which I uh, want to do in this area, please feel free to correct me. No, I think you've, I think you've uh, done well. Um, we've, we've already moved a lot of the infrastructure uh, away from our existing platform uh, with our podcasts and, and our video content. So uh, a lot of that is, is already done. Um, many of you will notice the, the near instantaneous download speeds, well, at least as fast as your internet service provider will download them. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're noticing that already. Um, so, yep, we'll be, uh, for those that are wanting to know, we'll, we'll be implementing a WHM across uh, all of the domains and subdomains and cPanel infrastructure. Um, those that want to know more, you can, you know where to find me. We can dive deeper into the uh, technical infrastructure of it, but it, it's really going to allow us to have more control of the environment in a more standard way, as well as just having a gen, you know generic infrastructure that is really ma manageable by anyone. So that's that's really the goal here. Excellent. Thanks, Jeff. All right, not hearing any questions. So uh, we will move on to uh, the Harriet Tubman $20 bill. And uh, Eric, accessible. it's Dan, I'm gonna ask you one question. I think yeah. I know the answer, but I just wanna make sure. So uh, all this work that we're doing with IT infrastructure, it, it's all within the, the budget that we have approved uh, last year in, in our, in our uh, budget for 2021. Yes, it is. Okay, good. Great. Yep. Cool. So, uh, Harriet Tubman and the $20 bill. Uh, there have been a couple of interesting things that have happened over the last month regarding uh, accessible currency. Uh, one was uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, I want to say at the very beginning of this month or the latter part of, of March, uh, a reporter wrote an article dealing with the uh, the 50 pound note in the UK being made accessible and it being the last uh, note to be made accessible in the UK. And uh, the, the reporter reached out to us for comment. We were able to provide a statement regarding our uh, trials and tribulations with regard to the to the government and the delays, uh, so that that uh, got a lot of visibility. I'm really really happy that we were able to meet a, a deadline. I think Tony, that was what just a couple hours, maybe. <laughs> um, it was a very quick turnaround that Tony was able to to work on uh, a statement that was uh, actually fully included in in the piece. So. So that happened, and along with that, we had been 
as a leadership team talking about uh, the need to get this issue some visibility even before the Wall Street Journal article appeared. And uh, there was an op-ed that was put together uh, under Dan Spoon's name uh, that we shopped to uh, some different newspapers. And uh, The Hill last Monday uh, picked it up and uh, really did a nice job of making the correlation between Harriet Tubman and Louis Braille, I thought. And uh, we received a lot of very positive feedback on, uh, you know, on that op-ed piece. And, you know, the, you know, we're, we're kind of all going after very similar things. And, and to go along with that, uh, the Women on the 20, which is a nonprofit organization, uh, did a, a campaign to um, raise the visibility of, obviously having Harriet Tubman on the 20, but in addition, uh, they raised the accessible currency challenge that we've been facing as part of their messaging. And it was very, um, it was very encouraging to, to read it. Um, we, uh, Kelly and Clark and I wound up having a meeting with the woman that leads women on the 20, Barbara Ortiz Howard a couple weeks ago, had a nice chat with her to get to know her a little bit better. And, uh, you know, you know, these are, these are three, uh, significant things that have all occurred in a very short period of time. Um, I wish I could be more positive <laughs> regarding the actual, uh, the actual case or the, uh, implementation of the court order, which we're still waiting for the full implement implementation. Again, uh, they're, they're saying 2026, um, for you know the the first accessible piece of currency they're saying publicly anyway but it it would be our expectation that they're going to change uh the 20 before then that uh, they would go ahead and incorporate uh the you know the the tactile feature as well so um any questions on this this is an issue that has uh it's like groundhog day a little bit Eric, just David, I, I don't have a question, but I do have a comment. Uh, I heard you say about the quick turnaround, and I know we've approved a lot of staff members over the last year, y'all. And this is the time that you really need to look at, at your reports and listen to what's being said. The value of a good organization is well-educated and well-rounded staff people. And to get it turned around like that in, in, in an issue that's so critical to us, it's why we do what we do, and I think we need to recognize the job that Eric and team are doing again here because that's great, It's you know, to have somebody like Eric and Tony that could do a turnaround like that where years ago we couldn't do that. So we're really moving forward, and I'm excited about it. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, David. It's it, it's appreciated. Yeah, David, this is Dan, and I – and Eric and I, I, I agree as well. I mean, we didn't have the, we just didn't have the bandwidth uh, two years ago to be able to, you know, we were able to marshal Eric and Tony and Clark and and Kelly and 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 now we've got a communications person coming on board, right? And so, a lot of this, it's speed. You've got to be able to react in the moment when the, you know, when when you have the opportunity. 
Uh, and so being able to reply to the Wall Street Journal and get in there and then be able to write an op-ed and have it, you know, make it right on top of it to the Hill and, and then in being able to reach out to, you know, a social media, uh, you know, opportunity there, I mean, for advocacy. And I think we're going to see more and more of this, even with our, um, uh, you know, our Verizon media space. This is the, these are the contacts and allies we can develop that can, you know, be that, that much larger voice outside of our normal traditional community to say, hey, why not have accessible currency? So I think the more and more that we develop this ability to communicate outside of our organization, the stronger we're going to be able to advocate for our positions. So, totally agree. Any other comments from board members? <laughs> Congratulations. Dan, is, oh, go, go ahead. Yes. Dan, this is Mark. I, I don't know yeah. if we're taking uh, questions on, on all of these items or, or comments on all these items or just this latest if, one. If anything through to this point, if you have a comment or question, please, please go ahead. Sure. And, and it's a very friendly and favorable one, but I just want to say <laughs> <laughs> that well, amazing work, of course, I uh, want to make sure I remember to say that with regard to the Verizon thing, an unbelievable, just, uh, uh, wow. Uh, blessings are amazing when they happen. And, um, I would like to put a friendly plug in for the Royal we to think about how we can use, uh, this unexpected, amazing, uh, public outreach opportunity to address one of the things that a number of us, certainly in 2019, uh, when we were running for these offices, Dan, I know you did it. Yours truly tried to back you up on it. I know there were others who raised this point about folks who, you know, may never uh, recognize, use the word blind or visually impaired to describe themselves. Uh, folks who for sure are in our community, whether they know it or not, but we need to make that special effort to reach out to them. And it just seems to me that uh, as uh, tempting as it is to talk about some of the, you know, I mean, audio description, who, who, who in this group wouldn't want us to promote that with some of this Verizon opportunity? Lord knows I would. But somehow if we can uh, try to make as high a priority as we can with using this amazing uh, lightning bolt kind of opportunity to do that specific outreach uh, and uh, in invitation, if you will, to the world uh, to to come look at this thing called the American Council of the Blind and to try to make that connection uh, that isn't so capital B blind. Uh, I would sure love to see that. Thanks so much. Yep. Thanks, Mark. All right. Yes, sir. No, I, um, Mark, for what it's worth, I, I agree. And I, part of, part of what I was saying before was that it gets us out beyond our own bubble. That's not to say that it, it doesn't get a, or that, that, you know, it, it gets us out to the broader society. Right. And, and there are plenty, plenty of folks with low vision that are living in society and don't identify uh, with our community. And yep. so, yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I smushed my Braille. I sat on my Braille. This is so great. <laughs> Brilliant moment by me. It's 
All right. So uh, there's this thing. There's these bills, HR1, S1. And there's a gentleman that's been texting me all night with draft updates that I think has a pretty keen interest in HR1 and S1. Uh, Clark, would you like to uh, provide uh, some updates on what's going on with accessible voting in the Congress? I think he's busy drafting another draft, Eric. <laughs> Clark. All right. We'll uh, we'll come back to Clark. He may be looking at it from a uh, pure numbers standpoint on here. Tell you what, uh, since it's been referenced already, let's go to uh, our our health and wellness campaign that we. Uh, are gonna be launching uh, this summer very publicly uh, as you know, part of the convention and uh, hand it to Tony to talk about Get Up and Get Moving. Thanks, Eric. And actually it ties in somewhat to Mark, uh, the comments you were just making. So appreciate those as well, because they make a nice bridge, I think, into what I'll be sharing just briefly in terms of the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Uh, so as the campaign stands right now, we are going to be doing a kickoff event at the convention that will be the official official because we've been doing sort of a soft launch within our, you know, sort of preaching to the choir and within folks within our circles and crowdsourcing the campaign. But we'll be doing a kickoff event. So I encourage everybody to check out the agenda for the convention the day before opening session in that evening. <clears throat> you know, I would like to invite you all to the kickoff event that we'll be hosting. I believe it's at 730 Eastern. That night, it'll be one of the primetime events for that evening, that Saturday evening event. Uh, so that whole focus is going to be on health and wellness and celebrating uh, the opportunity that we have as we come out of the pandemic. Uh, I saw earlier today in reading the in the Times uh, about how de Blasio is saying New York City is going to open up July 1st. We'll see if that happens. Uh, I've already got my train tickets to be there July 2nd myself. Um, so we will, uh, you know, I think have a lot of reasons uh, in addition to the campaign about all of us talking about getting up and getting moving and getting out into our communities, which is a key driving factor within the whole campaign in and of itself. Uh, I will make now this opportunity as a personal invitation to all of, all of our board members, all of you this evening listening, and, uh, to join us as well for a special donor uh, engagement, our Giving Society uh, meeting that we will hold a special event as, as a pre-party for the kickoff. So it'll sort of be the, the sort of the VIP uh, room for, for our donors and thanks to them. Uh, and so we are working presently and, and, you know, garnering support from corporate sponsors and donors. We're working with some major corporations. I don't want to out any of them yet, but I think we've had some conversations um, with you all in terms of some of the folks that are the folks within our spheres that we would obviously want to go to first to support. And everyone has been very warm. The campaign essentially is set up on three pillars public awareness, advocacy, and partnerships. Uh, and, and in all of these, it's in terms of uh, two goals. One, uh, to draw greater awareness on this, you know, the systemic structural issues that have led to the psychology, health, wellness, well-being, physical well-being. Uh, we've heard stories like you know, what Jeff has shared in his sort of regaining and taking back his health over the past year and working to inspire and empower people and draw attention to the technology and the tools and the things that are available for us to live a healthy, accessible life and to be empowered in that sense. 
Uh, we are going to particularly particularly be reaching out to like Mark, what you were saying, and this advertising grant is a huge opportunity for this to be able to take a share of this alone is going to give us huge potential for targeting particular audiences, especially in communities of color, Latina, Native American, African American, Black communities in our country, where uh, disproportionately blindness and vision loss uh, is is more uh, present uh, by the onset of glaucoma and diabetes specifically. Uh, we're excited that the um, and we'll be announcing the the, the chair for the committee probably over the next week uh, who said yes it'd be a familiar person I think everyone here on this board knows and respects uh, and we're pulling together the, the steering committee now for the three-year campaign uh, it'll be taking place as I said over three years uh, earlier and we will roll it out uh, it'll sort of go from convention to convention throughout the three years so the big finale will be when we're in Jacksonville Florida uh, in 2024 will be sort of the conclusion of the campaign um, I want to thank Joe Lynn as well and working to, to get together our grants pipeline that we have completely redone. Uh, it's the grants power grid, we're calling it now, the way it sort of spreads out. And there's a lot of energy and cross intersections between a lot of the foundations that we're specifically trying to target for support of this as well. Ford Foundation, Coca-Cola, Nike, uh, Nestle. Uh, I'm thankful as well for our, our partners within the blindness world and, and other folks that are very interested uh, in other organizations that we're talking with as well. Um, I've got a call with uh, uh, one of those organizations tomorrow. So um, as we, as we, you know, get folks signed on the dotted line in terms of their support, uh, you know, they're really going to help lift us up in this public awareness and that advertising specifically is going to help get us to the New York city event, uh, which hopefully will kick off in uh, October perhaps is when we're looking at might potentially be after the board meeting. Uh, again, we're watching obviously the pandemic and want to make sure even though, Mayor de Blasio says it's safe to go in New York. We want to make sure that all things are, are truly safe uh, for our members, especially those from more vulnerable communities uh, in terms of being affected by the, by the impact of the pandemic. So I'm happy to take any questions. I know it's getting late. Uh, so feel free to always give me a buzz too. Uh, I want to thank the RDC committee, Dan Dillon, Donna Brown, Leslie Spoon, Carla, everybody on that committee that's really helped in wanting to identify ways that our auxiliary sort of fundraising opportunities like the, uh, the walk this year is get moving together, which is a fantastic slogan that we're already using. I think Donna, we might be stealing that for the other parts throughout the year. Uh, I was talking with Carla earlier today about swag material that will have that logo on it uh, that we'll be able to have for sponsors and people can buy um, as well. Uh, that'll be related to the convention. And, and so thanks to the walk team um, and Dan Dillon as well. And, and uh, you know, everyone in, in terms of just supporting this, in all other collateral areas within the organization. Jeff, fantastic main menu this week on health and fitness equipment. Uh, and these are the things that we're already doing that we're gonna highlight the work Cindy's doing with the community. 12 to 14% of these community events are health related. Thanks to Leslie for her daily health activities. Already we're doing a lot of things I think that are extremely, uh, you know, in terms of when I say profitable, uh, rich gold that we can take to foundations and supporters. So look, we're already doing this stuff now with help with the Verizon grant and bringing on a communications manager, we can take it to the 4.2 million Americans who are blind and visually impaired, not just our 10,000 members, but we can really scale things up now and have a chance to impact the larger blindness community on really the public awareness, which, which Eric and I recall when we had a meeting at Senator Gillibrand before I came to ACB almost a decade ago, this was one of the key areas that all of us in that room from different blindness groups and organizations talked about how we need to break down the misconceptions and, and do a huge effort for public awareness in our in our space. So 
we're excited now with this campaign to really launch that and focus on the, the mental illness, the psychological uh, ramifications of blindness, the social, the fitness, and everything else uh, that, that really impedes us from having a fully inclusive and opportunity for independence in our life. And Tony, it's Janet. Yes, it is 7.30 Eastern time on Saturday, July 17th. Great. Thanks, Janet. And thank you, Janet, for helping put together the, we have a health and wellness track. We'll have tracks for this year's convention. And we're excited that the health and wellness track is an area where if sponsors come in for the whole year campaign through the convention, we'll call them health heroes throughout the duration of the year uh, for the sponsors that want to get involved in the health, uh, health and wellness campaign. Tony, this is Doug. Um, I just got done with the uh, uh, aging and vision loss, uh, uh, you know, the uh, VSA uh, leadership conference. And one of the sessions yesterday was uh, the AVLNC had something about data. Um, and they were talking about data that was just shocking uh, in terms of not only uh, over 55, but also under 55. And um, uh, uh, what do they call it? Double morbidity. Uh, you know, there, there were some really great statistics that will feed right into the kind of message that we need to say. Thanks for bringing that up. We're, we're keyed into a lot of that. It's a $51.1 billion, I think, uh, cost on our economy each year, uh, the comorbidity effect of blindness that, that we have in our country. So it is, um, you know, it's a real it's a real thing that's been in the silence and we're ready to bring it out and shine light on it. So, but that's a good point. Thank you, Doug. And I turn it back to you, Eric. All there's right. No questions for now. Thank you all. Thanks, Tony. Excellent. All right. We will try accessible voting again. Clark Rackfall. Okay, we will move on to this social media platform called Clubhouse. And <laughs> what has happened there? And really since uh, well, since our, our DC leadership conference, a lot of you heard the keynote that was given at the president's meeting by Will Butler where he talked about Clubhouse uh, a fair amount. And within, I would say, a few days of that, uh, several folks with an ACD uh, became very active uh, within Clubhouse. And uh, Jeff Bishop and, and Tyson Ernst and a few others got together and uh, uh, magically uh, the ACB club was created on Clubhouse. And uh, during this period of time, Cindy and I were talking about it as a, you know, a pretty potentially powerful uh, platform because of the, of its very nature of just being audio. It's like, it's like Zoom without the video component. Um, and it allows you to, you know, to, to just talk to people. Um, you know, there's not really a, a visual element to it at all. So, um, Cindy uh, got to work, and I'd like to hand it off to her uh, to, to talk a little bit about 
our presence in Clubhouse and maybe also a little bit about the landscape of, of all of this. And, and also, uh, Jeff Bishop, if you'd like to chime in on some of this stuff, because Jeff, um, Jeff knows a lot about this stuff as well. But uh, this, is a, this is a quarterly rock for Cindy. And uh, so I will leave it to you. Thank you. It feels like a boulder. Um, so, it, yeah. yeah. It, and it's because Clubhouse isn't alone. There are other similar platforms that have started or are coming along. And so we know that we need to be in some way, shape, or form in those spaces. These are people that uh, are coming into, we're going to just talk about Clubhouse tonight, but that are coming into Clubhouse often who don't know anything about the American Council of the Blind or blindness. And uh, because they have millions of people on the platform, and of course, most of them aren't blind, right? So we knew that we had this great opportunity to reach people and educate and be educated uh, around a varying degree of topics and discussions. But the other part of me was like, oh my gosh, we've got all these community events that we've been doing and how do we uh, still do them and still do and still do Clubhouse and what can we do? So let me say that uh, every morning we are on Clubhouse at 9 a.m. and we go over our community event schedule and we've been doing this now for five or six weeks, I think six weeks. So it has now become routine. We have many regulars that join us each morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, and we go over the schedule. We let people know what's on ACB radio. We open it up for their questions, and some people just every day say good morning to us and, and tell us how great it is to have us as part of kicking off their day. Uh, and then after they're done with their comments, we go over the schedule one last time really quickly. And then there might be one or two more comments. Uh, we're, we're encouraging people to actually hold events of their own in Clubhouse as part of the ACB club. And if it is ACB staff or leadership, so like uh, one of our committees doing an event, we would have ACB presents colon in the title and then followed by the, the actual title of the event. Uh, and then there's a spot that you can actually share a description about what that event is. So every morning when we do ACB presents the community events daily, or excuse me, the daily community events schedule, uh, it also in the description includes a link to community at acb.org to let people know if they'd like to sign up for the daily schedule to receive it in their inbox. So there's some room for us to share information. Now we can also share a link to the events we're holding in Clubhouse. We can actually share them uh, via, via other means like email, share that link. And if somebody goes to the link, they can automatically join the ACB club and uh and join Clubhouse. So even if they're not a member of Clubhouse, this is new. It wasn't this way before. It has been up till now invitation only. 
if anybody wants an invitation, they can always email community at acb.org. We have lots of people willing to invite people, but this is just another way, and we will try to remember to include that link in the community event schedule as well each uh, each night for the next day's schedule. And one of the fun things that, I mean, a lot of people do things on their on their own, not in a club. Uh, it's, yours truly does as well every night. But one of the things that we really just wanted to, how do we bring people together? Because that's, Clubhouse is like when you, it's like webinar in that everybody starts in the audience and they have to raise their hand and they have to be invited up to the stage. And only those on stage have a mute and unmute button. So you don't have a mute or unmute button unless you ask to speak. But once you do, you can actually have some conversations and sometimes it feels a little bit chaotic. Um, and most of them are, you know, if it's an organized presentation, it will be a little bit more organized like what you would expect, say, in here. But uh, but it can have a free-flowing, one of the calls I do in the evenings, it's much freer and, you know, people jump in and it's, it's almost like we're in the same room. It's pretty amazing. It's crazy. Uh, so Saturday nights, we have started now doing our, we do karaoke on community on Zoom, but we have started doing a backstage karaoke in Clubhouse. And we actually have someone who is volunteering their time and uh, using a, a device called iRig and connecting our Zoom room and piping it into the clubhouse room so we can hear it in the background but we can still have conversation we are bringing new people into acb to know about us into our acb club uh, because they what is this what is this backstage karaoke right so and with uh, so that has been really really positive and exciting and I hope what it is doing is opening the door for us to do some more collaborative events where we bring what is already working what's already been going well in our community events where we can bring it to clubhouse and or do activities in clubhouse as an extension of uh, so you know that that's something i wanted to share and then every day it seems that because of the uh, acb presents the community event schedule we get new people wanting to join our email list so we know this is just the beginning that's what we know we know there's still so much more for us to do and we're still trying to get the word out on how people can hold events in the acb club i'm not sure our numbers but we're somewhere near 600 probably over 600 now club members we've been doing this for about two months so pretty pretty good numbers for such a short period of time. And it has caused a lot of people to really um, like cross uh, discuss 
in different rooms with other organizations, other disability groups, sighted people that pop in and are just curious. Uh, so there's just some great potential. And if you're not on Clubhouse and you have an iOS product, I would really like to encourage you to give it a try. It may seem daunting, but um, it really is a lot of fun. And uh, get your name out there and let people know you. As a board member, I'd really, I think that'd be awesome. So Jeff, do you want to add anything? Jeff Bishop? Jeff, you need to unmute yourself. Okay. Well, I think I covered most of it. He may have something. I know occasionally uh, Jeff and Tyson will hold like a Clubhouse 101 or Q&A. Um, and so we'll, we're still working on trying to figure out how to know when all of those things are happening so that we can announce them in the morning along with um, community events. So when I know about stuff, I, I do announce them. So, and it will either be myself or Colby that are reading the events in the morning. And yeah, it's, it's just been really good. So thanks, Eric. Uh, Nancy, I'm here. Oh, there's Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Do you have anything I didn't know to you add? muted me, so. Uh, yes. Um, we Sorry, have Jeff. 609. Uh-huh. Uh, 609 at the moment. That includes followers and members. And there are a number of board members here who have followed but not accepted the invitations yet for the club. So that would be good if you could do that. Um, the, the, the real plan is to, is to integrate uh, Clubhouse, both Clubhouse and Twitter spaces, which will be out in time for convention, into the convention platform so that we're not only on ACB radio, but we're across multiple platforms so that people can both hear and discuss, uh, you know, activities that, that pertain to uh, the convention and all the activities that are happening there. So stay tuned for that. We'll have more to share out on that later. But uh, that is, it's a pretty exciting space. And we are in... If not the top five, I think we're number six of overall accessibility-related clubs on Clubhouse at the moment. And it really is just widening our net, our visibility, um, access to ACB, to who we are. Uh, so it's just been really positive. Scary sometimes, and I will admit to you, it wasn't something I was eager to jump into. But when your boss tells you you got to go learn it, <laughs> you just go do it. <laughs> With a smile on my face, right, Eric? <laughs> That's right. Always a smile. All right. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Absolutely. And <clears throat> there have been some interesting opportunities that we've had as an organization um, to participate. Um, there, there's a, a large uh, club called the 15% Club, which is a, a broader disability uh, club, and they hold... They hold uh, events, uh, gosh, probably nightly, and uh, they've they've been doing uh, rooms dealing with topics like audio description quite a bit and various sort of aspects of audio description. And I've been pinged by people who have been moderating uh, these uh, these rooms to go and talk about audio description and. Honestly, a lot of these folks that I'm on stage with, uh, 
either I don't know well or have only talked to maybe once in passing. And a couple of these rooms that I've um, accepted and gone into and, and been on stage for have had uh, 100 folks. And when you, when you look at the audience, I don't know hardly any of the individual's names in the audience. And so, you know, we're, you know we've been asked to come and speak, obviously, because uh, people know about the audio description project. That is quite evident within Clubhouse. Um, and it gives you the opportunity to, to make, uh, a whole new audience of people aware of who we are beyond just audio description, but we, you know, that, that is a, it's a clear strength and a, a muscle for this organization with regard to the disability community. And so, um, it's been, it's been really cool to be able to do that. I know the Clark's done a couple of, uh, more disability, uh, you know, generic related uh, topics. There have been, gosh, you know, all, just all kinds of things like how to utilize uh, apps like FanDuel and DraftKings if you're a blind guy or woman or somebody that likes to gamble. Um, I'm not really one of those, but, you know, just all kinds of random topics pop up and you'll see 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 folks at times in the audience. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very organic and, it, and it's, uh, it's just, it's very different than how we've traditionally thought about setting up events in the past. It sort of challenges kind of the, you know, set it and forget it. It's like, oh, I've got an idea. Let me set up a room and start talking about something and see, see who comes. So some of these rooms can go on for hours. It's crazy. So... Um, with that, I believe that we lost Clark. I believe, um, he's in North Carolina and may not have good coverage. So, uh, what I will say on voting, uh, is that there have been a number of things that have happened. There was some language uh, that was proposed uh, in the Senate that would seek to really give our community most of what we want with regard to uh, electronic uh, voting and electronic balloting and electronic return. And um, to be frank with you, I have not talked to Clark today about this specifically, so I am not sure where this resides right now, but it's, it's an amendment that was uh, going to be under consideration, I believe, at the, at the Rules Committee. So, um, and I don't believe that we've actually seen the text. It's only been one of those dreaded uh, phone calls, Mark Reichert, that you and I know well, where the staff will talk to you, talk you through the language and not allow you balls. to see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> at any rate, um, that is, that is really what I know as of now. Um, you all are aware that uh, we did a, a press release uh, a few weeks ago uh, now that, you know, came out in opposition to the language uh, contained in, 
in HR1 and S1 and wanting to not have all of our advances that we've made in the States uh, just sort of arbitrarily erased uh, through the advancement of these bills. And so um, that, that got a lot of attention actually. And it got, it got us some meetings with some um, very important folks on, uh, you know, on relevant committees and, and uh, I believe we're still the only disability organization to come out in opposition of, you know, a provision of that bill. Um, and um, I think, I, I believe that it was the right thing for us to do. Um, it was a decision uh, that wasn't just arrived at by staff. It was a decision that, that uh, the Advocacy Services Committee uh, deliberated. Uh, and we came to the determination that uh, we needed to stand up and let our, our voice be heard. So um, who knows where this is gonna go. The bill is extremely controversial. And um, I think that that is, uh, that is about all that I can offer up this evening, Mr. President, on this. Thank you, Eric. Um, uh, on, on, on a good old number eight for other updates there, um, I, I, I apologize for not uh, adding it to the agenda when we kind of went through for, for updates, but I believe uh, Janet and, and, and Nancy and the, the uh, convention committee, along with um, uh, work that we've done with our law firm of Lathrop and Gage with uh, Rosalie McNamara, had, had asked us to look at uh, making a couple of very minor changes to the code of conduct and Correct. Yeah. and Janet and Nancy want to put that in the program for the convention and make sure we're all synced up. So if you and Nancy could indulge us, I think Nancy, I don't know if Nancy has the, I have not talked to Nancy in the last day or two, but they were a couple of very minor changes, but I would feel much more comfortable if the board approved those changes to the code of conduct uh, so we could then put the updated version in all of our convention materials, uh, which is going to be happening here pretty quickly. I sure can, Dan. So, so could you walk us, is, Eric, would that be okay to do that under this other yeah. updates? Is, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. One was an addition of language, correct, Nancy? And then one was a modification of language. Correct. Correct. And, so, and these were recommended by Rosalie after reviewing our uh, code of conduct, all of our all of our documents. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, if you guys remember, Rosalie was um, did some training with us on Friday Friday evening, right before our board meeting, and I will read to you the paragraph as is, and then I will tell you what um, additions she would like on this one. So the very first paragraph of the code of conduct that we approved in February of 2020, it says the American Council of the Blind, here and referred to as ACB, is committed to maintaining the integrity of its events by creating a welcoming, professional, safe, and respectful environment for all who attend and or participate in its events. The term events shall include conferences, meetings, functions, 
or any other gathering sponsored or convened by ACB. Her recommendation is that in light of what's been happening this last year that we add whether live, electronic, or virtual. Dan, do you want me to go on with the second part or do you guys want to discuss this first part and then move to the second part? Yeah, so any, I, I think uh, I think maybe that's take them one at a time. Okay. Um, so uh, if, if a board member would be so inclined, if they would be willing to make a motion to make this addition to the code of conduct. I would move this is that Katie in. So Okay, so I'll, I'm going to get Ray to, Ray, I'm giving it to Katie. So Katie moves and Ray seconds. That sounds good. All right. Any, any discussion? I think yes. this is just very just, prudent. Uh, go ahead, Mark. Just, uh, uh, it sounds like a, maybe a Talmudic distinction. Electronic versus virtual. Was the intention here to be live, virtual, or hybrid? Or is there something I'm missing? Thank no, you. She's, she said whether live, electronic, or virtual. Yes, I'm trying to figure out the distinction between electronic or virtual. Is this like email or Facebook or social media type stuff? Is that maybe what the electronic refers to? I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Because I had that question too. I just, my, my point being, I don't know if maybe somehow the words got scrambled. And I mean, Lord knows I do this all the time. Maybe was the intent to be live, virtual, or hybrid, because that would make sense given what our experience has been. But I mean, this is I, this is not going to stop me from voting for this change. I just would like to maybe just see it clarified. Thanks. No, that is exactly what she wrote. So we could we could change the wording on that one from electro, electronic to some other name that you guys feel more comfortable with. I think the spirit of this is to make mm -hmm. sure that we're inclusive of all the different ways that people are communicating, yeah. and we I, have had some. We say electronic, but we have had some, you know. Um, claims or, or thoughts of claims related to, you know, email traffic yes. and those well, type if, of things. If folks are willing, and Katie, especially if you are a, a live virtual or hybrid would be my friendly amendment. Uh, maybe electronic I'm, needs to stay in there. So I, maybe I, I, I like electronic. Needs to stay maybe it's live, I think so too. live electronic, virtual or hybrid. Maybe works works for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I too, Mark, just to, to go back to Mark's, I, I too, when I first heard this, I thought, what? Yeah, I didn't know what the distinction was right, being pulled but I out do, there. I do think it's back to the email, and that's why I asked the question, but I think it relates more to the kind of covering our... Um, All the covering the Yes. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I'm with you. Okay, so, so that's an amendment yeah, to the language. Yes, uh, go ahead. Who was that? I'm sorry. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Uh, okay. I, yes, I would Jeff recommend a friendly amendment to electronic communication because that's really the spirit in which that's intended. Works for me. So, so that covers Facebook, Twitter, email. Uh, doesn't matter the the venue. So, okay. all right. So we we've now changed it to if if well, we've got to go through these amendments here. But if 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 we'll go through that, but just to make sure we're all on the same page before we 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 ask for the amendment. So it would be live electronic communications virtual or hybrid mm -hmm. yes exactly okay all right nancy do you have those i have them written down yes okay excellent all right so now 
So back to our official thing, uh, Mark and uh, Katie made the motion and um, uh, and uh, Ray seconded it. So uh, as the maker of the motion, are you all both comfortable with the amendments that were proposed by Jeff and Mark? Katie is the motion maker? Yes. Okay, Ray yes. is the seconder. Okay. All right, so we're good there. Those are all friendly. All right, any other discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, thank you. Okay, Nancy, then there was one other, um, one other section where she had recommended a change. Correct. So it reads right now, any person who believes that he or she has experienced or witnessed behavior prohibited by this policy should report the conduct to the ACB executive director. ACB president or ACB event coordinator. The recommendation is that the should report should change to must promptly report. So it would read any person who believes that he or she has experienced or witnessed behavior prohibited by this policy must promptly report the conduct to the ACB executive director, ACB president, or ACB event coordinator. Okay. I so move. All right. Jeff moves. Do I have a second? second. And I have a comment to make. I, I'm going to let Donna have the second. So we got Jeff making the motion and Donna, Donna Brown seconding. And then you have a, a point of discussion. So go ahead, Jeff. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this is in the spirit of uh, communication uh, as it relates to the prior uh, change. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to recommend that a mailbox be established such that this information can be submitted uh, that way as well so that the amendment would be that it could be submitted in written communication to a specific address and we'll make sure that it's a very professional one. We, I, I will let Eric and Kelly talk to this but I believe we have already set up a reporting um, we do. Uh, it's, it's, reporting it's not in the policy. It's not in the policy, but we we have because this is when you just, go on our when you go on our website, it's it's connected to the policy. So we have a we have a phone number okay. and an email address. Okay, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, good. Good question, Jeff. Any other discussion? Just a little point again. I'm going to vote for this change regardless uh, of this comment. Must sort of presumes that there's going to be consequences if you don't. I assume the consequences are. Obviously, you don't get your complaint addressed. Just to me, I don't know necessarily what the advantages of the change from the should to the must, but there you have it. Uh, just comment, yeah, but I'm I, voting and I for it. I think what we heard from Rosalie here, and again, it's it's it, the the idea is what you're trying you're trying to do with all of these conversations is get report is to is to encourage reporting to happen and happen in a very it. timely yep. manner mm -hmm. because that, that, yep. that's exactly. the, that's yep. the yep. sign of a good organization and a good yep. culture. Sign yep. me up. Uh, sign me up. Having just recently gone through some company compliance training on this, this is the kind of language that's in a lot of that, that you, you, you really, you really must report the stuff if you see it. Um, and then it talks about the avenues to do it. So Yep. Uh, this falls definitely in line with that. Yep. Great. Sign me up. Okay. Right. Any other discussion? 
Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. Now, I'd like to go ahead and have a motion to approve. Well, we have to do the other section of the staff reports, and then we'll approve the staff reports all in one time. So, uh, B under staff <coughs> reports is our reports, uh, financial reports from our uh, chief financial officer, Nancy Marks Becker. So, Nancy. Good evening, everybody. So the Hello. first thing on here is the 2020 financial audit. So at the end of March, Bergen KDV audited ACB's 2020 financial statements to obtain a reasonable assurance that they were free from material misstatements. Our office had everything ready for the auditors at the start of the audit, helping the process to go smoothly. The auditors obtained sufficient evidence, allowing them to provide a basis for their audit opinion, and the auditors were able to give ACB a clean opinion again, and this is the highest audit opinion that you can receive. Yesterday, the auditors and ACB's budget committee met to review the financial statements, provide explanations for financial changes from 2019 to 2020, and to answer any questions the committee had. Next is ACB's investments. In 2020, because of the volatility of the economy, the value of our investments accounts varied from one month to another. For 2020, the rate of return on all three of our investment accounts varied from 14.8% to 20%. And this is we had a we had a rocky year to start to start out with, and I think we came um, at the very end. We came in really well. As a reminder, ACB received a large bequest last December, and these funds were allocated between the reserve and legacy accounts, and the allocation followed the 2018 approved legacy endowment policy. Once these funds were received, our investments went over $5 million. So I wanted to see what the value of ACB's investments were at the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. And it was about $2.5 million. So if you guys think about that, in three years, we went from $2.5 million to $5 million. So ACB has received several large gifts over this time, helping to increase these funds significantly. But there is also an investment policy in place where the investment advisors can manage the funds to take advantage of the market conditions. And they're doing this using the policy that we have um, that they have on hand. The stock markets look more optimistic in 2021 than they did at the end of the year. And for the first quarter, our 2020 investments have a net gain of about $124,000. PPP loans. So in 2020, ACB and ACBES received payment protection program loans, which had the potential to be partially or fully forgiven by the government if the funds were used for designated operating expenses. AC applied, ACB applied, actually ACB and ACBES applied for forgiveness on these loans early this year. And we were notified in early March that both were forgiven in full. So last year when we received the funds, it increased the cash in our bank accounts and increased the amount of money ACB owed on our balance sheet, but it did not affect our income statement. Now that the loans are forgiven, 
we need to recognize these funds as revenue on our income statement. And it also decreases the money ACB owes others on our balance sheet. ACB also applied and received funds for the second round of PPP loans. Um, later on this year, we will be applying to have these loans forgiven. And I anticipate that we will um, have the loans forgiven in full again. Next is ACBES thrift stores. And I know Michael is on here. So I would like him to unmute himself so he can talk a little bit about the thrift stores. Yes, I am. There you go. Right. All right. You know, after many years of sitting at the board table and standing before the convention, having to choose my words carefully, it, it's a great pleasure to come before you with a good report. But uh, before I do that, I want to publicly thank Nancy and Erica for the day-to-day guidance of our thrift stores. Uh, Erica came in uh, almost immediately having to put her HR skills to work as we hired a new manager. And as you have seen, uh, as, as Eric has reported with, with the new hires for ACB, she did an amazing job and we're doing well with our newest manager. So with that in mind, uh, for the first quarter of 2021, total uh, net profits from operation for the stores was $51,500 uh, versus $46,500 for the budgeted amount, and that compared to $50,600 in last year's first quarter. Uh, as Nancy mentioned, ACBES got... Uh, the PPP loan uh, last year, which amounted to $91,600, that loan was forgiven in March, which made our total net income for the first quarter for the stores uh, $143,200. That loan provided ACBS with cash in 2020, which enabled us to uh, meet all of our operating expenses or most of our operating expenses while the stores were closed and it, it, it held us together uh, until sales uh, bounced back. With that loan being forgiven in March, we've, we recognized it uh, in, the, in the first quarter. Going forward, store hours will be extended in May and that will almost bring us back to pre-pandemic uh, store hours. Customer spending in the first quarter was more than it was last year. So that contributed to the, uh, the positive results. Going forward, we're also focusing on uh, various social media platforms uh, to bring in new customers. Each store has a Facebook page, we are setting up Instagram accounts, and we're continuing to use radio advertising. The Texas mask mandate ended in March, but we do have masks on hand 
for shoppers who feel more comfortable with masks and also for the safety of our employees. On a store-by-store basis, Amarillo had net profit of $9,800 in the first quarter. And that compared to $10,000 $10, budgeted and $15,000 in last year's first quarter. First quarter sales uh, were about $10,000 below budget, but expenses were down, which allowed for the nice uh, profit numbers to almost get to our budgeted amount. Customer count was down about 25% less than uh, uh, last year's, but the amount that's being spent by each customer, the average sales per customer, is up. That also contributed to the positive results. In Lubbock, for the first quarter, Lubbock had net profit of $41,700, and that compared to $36,300 budgeted and $35,700 last year. First quarter sales were slightly above budget with uh, store hours being reduced, helping, uh, uh, leading to the lower expenses, which aided those positive uh, results. Customer count uh, at the Lubbock store was also down about 13%, but again, average sales per customer was up. Uh, anecdotally, uh, I've been looking at, at those Lubbock average customer sales, and I, I, I set a long time ago, I, I, I set up a target of $10 per customer as, 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 our, as our target to shoot at. Lubbock sales have been coming in at, on an average, of $14 to $15. So you can tell that they are really pushing out the merchandise. So I just wanted to uh, uh, present you guys with a positive report. And, and as I always say, that we are hoping that ACBES will continue to be a significant contributor to the income of ACB. Thank you, Michael. Next is scholarships. So this year, ACB had a record number of students complete a scholarship application. I know I have said this before, but we have 145 completed applications this year. I think one of the reasons this program was successful was because this information was placed on ACB's homepage through constant contact emails on several partner websites, and there were community calls to walk through the application process and answer questions. Once the applicant information was verified, the subcommittee members spent many hours reviewing and scoring the applications and then conducting interviews. Today, AFB approved the individuals ACB recommended for the AFB scholarships and all applicants will soon be notified. The scholarship committee has done a great job of meeting their timeline and I would like to say thank you to the scholarship chair who has kept us on schedule, the subcommittee members who reviewed over 30 applications each, and the office staff for the help with the administration portion of the scholarships. 
Um, I think this is one of the first years that we have completed this on schedule. Actually, we're a little bit ahead schedule, so I'm very proud of um, us keeping to our timeline. In the, the next, month of April, amazing. I, <laughs> I know, that is. Usually it's the middle of May, so I'm, I'm very, very Dang. happy with how that turned out. More time to do those videos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have them done by May 20th. There we go. Um, the last thing for me is certification. So ACB is completing the initial portion of affiliate membership certification. This is the first step in determining how many votes each affiliate will receive during elections at the conference and convention. As usual, a couple adjustments were made in AMMS, and the most notable addition was the gender and ethnicity fields. So I would like to say thank you to those charged with maintaining their affiliates membership records for starting to capture this information. The affiliate membership records persons submitted their initial membership lists in March and all these members have been added to our database. Tomorrow is the last day for affiliates to pay their dues and there's a couple that we're waiting on and I'm sure there's I'm sure they're going through the post office um, and then AMS. AMMS will open again on Saturday, which is May 1st, until June 15th, so that the membership records people can add new members to their affiliates. Anyone who is a member of ACB's national organization on June 16th will be eligible to vote at the convention. That is it, Dan. Dan. Hi, I was muted there, there. <laughs> to, to be respectful. Uh, thank you, Nancy. Are there any questions on any of the reports from, uh, from financial reports from uh, Nancy? I just want to personally say, Nancy, absolutely uh, fantastic work. Smile to the face when you get a clean audit, $5 million in our investments, more PPP money that has, uh, that has arrived, the thrift stores are doing well, scholarships are ahead of schedule. It's like, it's like the financial equivalent of the legislative seminar. You just, you, let's see what you do next year. Yeah, I am telling you. It was a busy quarter. Yeah. Very, yeah. yes. And, and I really, yeah, I do want to just say, I, that's what I was going to say, guys, we met in February. This stuff has all happened in two months. Mm -hmm. And it, it is just uh, it, it is really a, uh, a statement to the hard work of our staff, of our members, of our board, of our committees. So I just want to say thanks to everybody. And uh, I'd like to have a motion to approve the staff reports. So moved. Mark moves. Do I have a second? Second, Pat. Pat. There's Pat. Hey, Pat Sheehan seconds. All right. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Very good. We, only, we got two more quick items here. We're going to hear from our, our Board of Publications report from uh, Penny Reader, our BOP director. So, Penny. Hopefully we have her. Am I unmuted now? You are. You, you are. sound great. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I can never hear my, you know, the speech on my iPhone that reads the 
that kind of information to me. I can hear the meeting fine, but anyway, anyway, I'm back and I'm glad. Uh, thank you all. Uh, the Board of Publications met on the first Tuesday of April, uh, and we will be meeting again next week on the first Tuesday of May. We always meet on the first Tuesday of every month, except sometimes we take off in December. Um, and everyone is welcome to come. And last month was the first time we have streamed our meeting on ACB Radio. Yay. Um, and yeah. uh, we thought that went really well. Uh, we had uh, some guests which, who were fun. I know Jamaica was, is always a fun person to have at any meeting. Um, so um, uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, rollout of ACB Conversation. We are aware that it could have been smoother and we learned some lessons and now it's going really well. And I want to encourage all of you to give it a try. Uh, we made a really significant change in that now if someone replies to a message, that reply goes only to the original sender of the message. So it doesn't go to the whole list. So the whole list isn't like super, super busy. It's just busy enough. And we've had some really interesting topics in the last couple of weeks. And it's a great way for board members to uh, let themselves get better known by uh, members, especially with elections coming up. So um, we encourage you to subscribe and participate, even if you just do it for a little while. Um, so the Braille Forum for May will be out on Saturday or soon thereafter. And that issue contains all of our rules and our question for candidates. So if you are running for an office uh, this summer at convention, uh, a board director or a BOP directorship, um, we hope that you will participate in our attempt to let members get to know you better. So there will be at least one question in that article and you will be expected to answer it uh, in the number of words that is designated. I haven't read Deb's article yet because I'm running and I couldn't see it till after May 1st. Um, so um, look at your Braille forum and we will also post that information on every available list. If you're going to run, even if you don't know which position you're going to run for, but if you're thinking, well, if something should become available, maybe I will run from the floor. If you're thinking about running, we hope you'll answer the question and make yourself better known to ACB members and voters. Um, the um, answers, the responses from all candidates will be expected by the end of May, the last day of May, the 31st. And then all those answers will be published uh, in the next Braille Forum and um, those answers should be available by June 15th. And the AM, um, Board of Publications, we're going to hold two candidate forums this year because there are a possibility of at least 13 elections. And we think it might go on to well past midnight if we did everybody at one night. So we're going to split the candidates up and there will be two candidate, candidates forums. One will be on the last Tuesday of June. And the second will be on the last Wednesday in June. Um, so um, I think that's a great way to do it. We are not going to do any candidates forums or a town hall meeting at this, this summer's convention, just because I don't think there's enough time. Um, but um, uh, does anyone have any? Oh, I wanted to say one more thing we did uh, was Zelda did this fabulous meeting for affiliate editors. 
each of the affiliates or many of the affiliates have newsletters or magazines and all their editors were invited to a meeting. Um, it was a community call, but it was closed and it was only available to editors and um, they were fabulous and they were so excited to be able to get together and talk to each other and share successes and share challenges. And out of that meeting has grown our resolve to create a list exclusively for editors and also to have a at least a quarterly meeting where editors can share information with one another and we think a lot of information will get shared on that list and people can share ideas and share articles and uh, I think everyone's newsletters is going to improve and every editor is going to feel a little more supported so we're excited about that and I think that's the end of my report but I'm happy to answer any questions. And this is Doug. Hi, Doug. Yes, for, for Penny. Go ahead. Does uh, Penny? Do you have any idea how the um, how the um, awards are going? Oh, awards are. Uh, we've got nominations for all of the awards this year, and um, we will be making those decisions in May. But the re the results will be a secret until convention, and then everybody will be surprised. Any other questions for Penny? Yeah, this is Donna. Hey, Donna. Hey, has the that um, editors list actually been set yet? Set up yet? Um, or, or I think Rick is in the process of setting oh, it up. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I I'm hadn't sure received will, anything. Yeah, Zelda will share that information at the president's meeting. I'm sure. Okay, great. Thanks. Uh huh. All right. Okay. Do I have a motion to approve the BOP report? I so move. Ray thank is moved. You. Do I have a second? Donna, second. Donna seconds. Okay. Thank you, Ray and Donna. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Penny, thank you. Excellent report. Thank you, Dan. We hope you all come to our meetings. You know, we, uh, mm -hmm. we love to hear your ideas. Most certainly. I, they're, they're very, very informative meetings. And they're, it's wonderful that they're now on ACB radio. That's fantastic. All right. Next, uh, we're going to hear a convention report from Janet Dickelman, our convention committee chair. So, Janet. All right. Thank you, Dan. All right. First thing I'm going to talk about is you've seen many messages from Kelly and myself about setting up your ACB account. If you board members have not set up your ACB account, please do so. We need everybody to set theirs up by June 15th. And the reason for this is, and Nancy, you're welcome to chime in at any point about this because you know more about the behind the scenes of this than I do. But because we have so many different passwords and availability on ACB, we want to make sure that everything is linked together. So donor perfect, your convention account, anything else that you may register for ACB. So going forward, this would all be under one username and password. So we, um, in order for people to especially register for the convention, we need them to set up an account. And it's really a basic, um, basic form. You just have to put in a username and password. You can use the same one that you used last year for the convention, but you do need to just set it up at uh, members.org. So if you would please do that. Um, May 15th, Janet. Isn't it May 15th? Yes, you said, you, you said June. Oh, 
<laughs> because <laughs> you know you know why I had uh, yes. You're thinking the end. No, that's okay. May fifteenth. No, thank you. May fifteenth. I was I was making notes because I'm talking to the Hawaii convention and I wanted to tell them about the uh, candidates forum. So I was writing June. So apparently I still have June in my brain. Thank you. Now, right. and again, what's the official uh, uh, URL or, or address for the, for the site? It is, it's, give me one second here. It's members. With, with, with an S. In yeah. With members, an S. Okay. Dot acb.org. Yes. So when you first um, make your account, the ACB account, it is not linked to our donor database. So it does not link your membership to the member's account until we manually connect them together right now. So this is why it's important that you do this before, before May, registration May, May, May yes. 15th. Because <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want 500 people all doing it the first day no, of registration. What's going right? to happen <laughs> if you have not set up your account? We're uh -huh. not going to be able to register you on May 20th. Uh, We're going to have okay. to set up an account and mm. then the office is going to have to link them. So it's going to take a few days. So, mm -hmm. and I mean, which right now people aren't in a huge hurry to register on May 20th because there's no tours. However, we want people to get registered and it's really important to do this as quickly as you can. So if uh, I just sent out another uh, reminder today and I got several phone calls on it and we also had several people doing it on their own. So that's great. Thank you. Um, convention registration will open on May 20th at 7 a.m. Eastern time and it will close on June 28th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. You can register online at acb.org and acbconvention.org. We'll both have links to registration and we are doing registration over the telephone again. I have four people who are going to assist me with my in the registration cadre. So if anyone wants to register by phone, they will call my number and I'll get them in queue and either one of my cadre people or I will take care of them. Um, thanks to all the affiliates and committees. They have done a great job about getting all their information to me that I need for the registration and for the convention program. So we're working on getting both of those uh, put together. The registration, I'm going to send out a message tomorrow, is ready for people to browse the sessions. So you can go on and look at all the sessions that we're going to have. Again, registration is $25 for ACB members and $40 for non-members. And then I have some news on future conventions. Uh, thanks to the board allowing me to pursue contracts at our last board meeting. We have a signed contract with the Hyatt in Jacksonville for 2024 and the Hyatt in Hyatt Regency in Dallas for 2025. So our conventions going forward will be 2022 in Omaha, 2023 in Schaumburg, 24 in Jacksonville and 25 in Dallas. And I'm starting to look at 2026. So that um, is my, and for the Dallas and uh, Jacksonville and Dallas conventions, we are at the rate of $99 a night. So I'm really happy that through 2026 or 2025, we can stay under $100, which is pretty unheard of these days. Uh, does anyone have any questions? 
either everybody is asleep or <laughs> I did a good job. You did a good job. You did I a good so. job, Janet. <laughs> all right. All right. Hearing no questions for Janet. And we all know how to get hold of Janet if we need to. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, this drives uh, drives Janet crazy. But oh, it's, yeah, uh, I was going to. Yes, go ahead. I figured you would say that when you introduced yeah, me. Go yes, ahead. Uh, right. Well, it's, uh, once we pass midnight, it will be 77 days. days 11 weeks till the first day of the convention. But who's counting, really? Who's counting, yes. yes. Dan does this to totally freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> and it works every it does. time. It does. <laughs> so, he doesn't we, do that to me. Uh, <laughs> we, we feel pretty good, though. I mean, we, we're feeling like I know, we're a I, whole I keep, lot warmer, that, safer place than we were me. a year ago. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's because we have so many great people working on this, and we have experience now. Now, next year is going to be a whole different deal with the um, hybrid convention, but we'll work through that too, of course. Very good. All right. Uh, motion to approve Janet's uh, convention report. Donna we'll makes move. motion. Donna Mark moves seconds. and Mark seconds. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. All right. Thank you. Uh, the last uh, item is item number 10, other committee reports. So do we have any uh, um, any of our board members or officers that would like to provide any information to the board on uh, any of the other committees that you all liaison to? Dan, as long as I'm still unmuted, may I just talk a second about ACB Awards Committee? Please, Janet. Okay. Yes. Um, the ACB Awards Committee has met, and like the BOP Committee, I'm not going to say who is receiving our awards because we hope they will all be total surprises at the convention. And we have made our decisions and we have the wording done and that has gotten to Sharon for the plaques. So we are in great shape for 2021 for ACB awards. Very good. Thank you, Janet. Any other committees? David, uh, I just want to remind all you board members that uh, oh, even though you don't have raffle tickets, it is your job, duty and responsibility to handle seven of those each. Now, if you're not happy with seven, you know, since it's an odd number, I can up it to eight. But uh, <laughs> please deal with, with uh, <laughs> Minneapolis office. Uh, if you sell any, just, you know, get with them on the credit card information because we're not mailing out tickets this year. We're mailing out the – just letting them know that they're in the drawing and what their number is, right, as they, as they go ahead and purchase them. So uh, Nancy and team are, are kind of – running the r running the process through the Minneapolis office. Dan, this is Donna. I yes, have Donna. to I have to jump in there too and tell all the board and everybody listening on ACB radio sign up for the walk. Ooh. Please do. Yeah. Get moving together. We should have played the walk song tonight. We Donna. um Dog, we've got Donna. we've got some new teams and some <laughs> really interesting team names and anyway it's kind of fun looking at the site. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Please. Jeff? Yes, Jeff. Your spouse would not uh, be happy with me unless I reminded board members to make sure that you come up with some kind of a great auction prize for our convention auction. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Any other, any other reports? Just that Alabama had uh, three in the top 10 in the draft. Three in the top 10 in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we know and about you. Went back down to Miami. You know? we, we know about you and Michael. Who's the third? No. <laughs> I think they've got six so far. Yes, I was about to correct him. It's six, David. <laughs> not, not out the first ten. Though. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Six out of the first round. And I see that. The, and I see the Bears actually draft. They drafted a QB, uh, Fields, out of Ohio State. Oh yeah. Very good. So, wow, we all the way down yeah. there. Is, is there been a draft going moved, on? I'm not aware. They moved up. <laughs> yeah, we, we noticed well, that, and we're going to take that into consideration at election time. Yes, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably do it again right. next year. Are there any other any other committee uh, reports? Um, Dan, this is Katie. Yes, this Katie. isn't really a committee report per se, but um, I do want to – um, just um, commend the Georgia Council of the Blind. They had a one-day conference recently, a couple of weeks ago. I don't have the exact date in front of me. Um, I did attend. I was, I spoke to their their board of directors um, meeting that morning. But they just put on a really good one-day conference, and um, just wanted to, you know, commend them for that effort. So that was great to great to network with them, and um, great to be a part of that event. Well, thank you, Katie, and. Is I know some people know, but is there a, maybe a personal announcement you would like to share with the board? Um, I can. Um, I am engaged. Congratulations! Yeah. Wow! Congratulations! Thank you. New That's job right. and now engaged. Right. Ooh, the world right. is moving the, on. <laughs> this is 2021. 2021. <laughs> That's right. Uh, very good. All right. Any other any other reports or comments? All right. I just have eight. a question. I move with yes. You. Oh, what one person had a question and then we're we'll go to Doug's <laughs> motions. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which we can only guess what that might be. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. It's Denise. I just need to know, did Jim ever come on the call? I didn't I hear him. I, I don't know. I, Nancy, I didn't you hear know? his voice either. I didn't he, hear him either. And he's got, I never saw. Yeah. And of course, okay. you know, the, the FCB convention is going on this right. weekend. And he's very involved in that. So that could have put him in a okay, difficult, situ difficult mm -hmm. situation. I, I don't have a lot of the people at the Florida Council of the Blind Convention. They're very happy with me anymore. So all you <laughs> NFL drafters will have to stand in line, <laughs> 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 including a spouse down at the hotel. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. All right. Doug, did you have a motion? Yes, sir. I would move we adjourn. I'll second it. Donald, Donald second. All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Doug and I have to go work out in the morning. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, only 25 minutes late. This was good for us. Right. We're doing better. Thanks, everybody. Lots of great stuff. Good night. All right. Have a good Take night. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone.